This episode is brought to you by Booty Crack. Mm-hmm. But but Whitney Houston said that crack is whack. Oh, she was wrong about the booty crack. You're right about that. <laughs> Let's get this shit started. Holla. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Drea. And this is Josh, aka the Kid Swipe. And you're with us listening to No, no Days, Days Off, Off Podcast. Wow. Hold up, wait a minute, take a load off, how you feeling? If you're looking for a place to work through it, well you found it. No days off. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You are now listening to episodes of No Days Off. So who are you turning up? Turn me up. Yes. Ooh, that's too loud. Cause you know I get. See, that's what I'm saying. You see how many voices he has. And he, <laughs> that's test, not test my the, fault. Uh, test, <laughs> the, test the test the mic, brother. Don't do that. Don't. No, damn well he don't bully. sound like that. <laughs> you are such a bully. <laughs> brother, I have my moments. You're I have, my favorite. I brother. have soft and tender moments. Okay, this sounds good. I think this sounds and good. And then there are moments where I Soft exclaim where you let it You let it rip. You know? You and know it depends what on what we're talking about. <clears throat> All right, I apologize. There are many I'm facets sorry. of who is I. I. That's why I was trying to test some of the facets, and you wouldn't let them leap out, outside of the house. No, you were, and you scolded me. You could do better than that. <laughs> well, I mean, what am I supposed to do? A mess. <laughs> But anyways Okay cool Are we ready? We're ready We've been ready Because we've been recorded Oh my gosh Hey Well welcome to another episode of No, no. Oh sorry Who's who? <laughs> welcome I, I think I know It's always the other person Who's to say it So I think I fucked it up No I normally think you, I don't know Do we even have a format for this? No This is what makes us special Oh I guess Okay, so welcome to another episode of No Days Off. If I wasn't, if, if I weren't afraid of like knocking something over, I would give you a high five. Yes, I mean, I'm glad you're not knocking stuff over. Yeah, see, that, that was suck. See, that Last was a soft, tender moment because I meant it. You see, won't he will? Won't he will? Oh, that's what's what's his <laughs> what's his name said it? Dion Cole. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was actually really funny. It was hilarious. It was really. Oh, you watched slap. We yes, we watched it last <laughs> night. It was really funny. It was funny. I liked it. I like him. I like him a lot. Right here we go. Yes, he kind of fine too. Cranky. I was like, mm-hmm. you think so? Yeah. And a, a granddad kind of way. Yeah, I, yeah. Not yeah. granddad. Maybe just dad. Yeah. Modern granddads look like him. Let's be serious. Really? That is true. Is that true? That's yeah, that's true. true. Like granddad, yeah, like sixty true. and over. Granddad, like granddad, like what a grand, like he got grandchildren. I'm sure he does. No. I'm sure Dion. No, I'm not sure Dion Cole does. I'm sure Dion Cole is old enough to have grandchildren. I mean, modern grandparents yeah, are in their late fifties, sixty, maybe. Hmm. I don't know if he's. You figure I'm thirty. Yeah, he's in his fifties. I'm thirty three, and I got a fifteen year old. She could very much true. have a baby in the next few years, and then I'd be oh, a yeah. granddad. You're actually true. Yes. I dated a grandfather, and he was only thirty six. See, so you know. I was like, whoa, it's crazy, right? Wow. <clears throat> I was like. I can't imagine being a granddad before I turn 
I still can't 50. imagine being a fucking parent. So I'm still like, <laughs> you got a child, I got a child. Yeah, man, it's just nuts. you got a gener. You could you looking at generations now? Like that's a very interesting. Yes. Is there anything I can't say? No. Well, oh, I'm sorry. But this isn't. Is this Azkaban? This isn't prison. You say what the fuck you want to say. I mean, and then yeah. if it's if you really want to take it out, that's the magic of television. That's true. If you go home and you're like, listen, guys, listen, guys, yeah, I was tripping. I was tripping. I, I was jumped tripping. off the porch. Please, please take <laughs> it out. I, have a brother out. <laughs> Just, we have yeah. a special, special conversation happening today. Yes, I'm excited. Yes, yes, yeah. You better go off. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was in season one. Yes, too. you got to die at the it, end. It made a comeback. It yes, made a I had to bring that back because I missed it. I yes, was near yes, and dear yes. my heart. Well, you know. I would say because we had a lot of technical difficulties before just a we little got bit. started this time. Just a little uh, bit. We are, we, we're like um, pushing through. We don't have to rush or anything. But rather than us going through like our normal, like what did you, what were you up to, brother? I figured yes, we can just womp, introduce womp. our guest like really early yes. into the segment and then we can because he's all catch here. Up together. He came, actually came early and we appreciate you so much. Like I appreciate very, you very guys. early, you know, because, you know, it's a weekend. The trains are shitty. Yeah, Ooh, and he yes. was early. Yes, but we have the amazing, amazing. So actually, I don't know. Do you have like? Is are you just like Beyonce because his name is Josh? So Josh is a brand consultant and streetwear designer, and he lives for he lives in Chicago. Not to tell his business don't stalk him. That's disrespectful. Right. However, are you like Beyonce where it's just like? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm Josh. I am. In fact, it's it's kind of. Uh, I I would describe it more like McLovin. Oh, got you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's more like McLovin, you know. Josh. I got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so mm-hmm. you have a certain kind of texture and timbre when you say it. Absolutely. Okay. You definitely Brother, do. Brother, do you want to try first? <laughs> no. Okay, I'll go. Josh. You nailed it. Oh, shit. You See? nailed it. My first try so it. Bad. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, my. Thank you. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, so I, well, since you did it so great, I don't have to do it. Okay, so I represent the both of us. Yes. That's fine. We're exactly. satisfied with that. We're yes. satisfied with that yes. answer. We'll accept that answer. Okay. So I was thinking, you know, we just get on kind of get right on over into it because it's early in the season. And one of the big, big things that happened that caused a lot of conversation for Josh and us to kind of like put the nail in the coffin in terms of him coming out to talk is the Malik Yoba conversation on the Breakfast Club in particular. I would say that was like probably the hu- the huge catalyst. But prior to that, right before that incident, mm-hmm. um, it was more so him just coming out to acknowledge publicly that he supports trans women. Right. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of I, do. I don't remember. I mean, everybody kind of knows what I'm talking about. But just to refresh your memory, memory. Okay, so this all kind of started on the heels of this incident that happened. It was a gentleman by the name of Maurice Willoughby who died as a result of an overdose after his girlfriend, Faith, Mm -hmm. a transgender woman, left him. Left him out of fear of her own life, Um, not due to the bullying he suffered after, you know, what happened is like, basically, basically the T is, is that media picked up that he was, you know, dating this trans transgender woman, you know, so regular social media because he was supporting his relationship. He 
puts he put a post up and then he got bullied and, it, and it's like you know when the matrix gets involved with real life and mm -hmm. people actually brought that to him in the streets mm. and he became very very depressed and apparently you know there was some abuse in the relationship but he ultimately committed suicide and off of the heels of that conversation Malik Yoba kind of came out in support of him just saying you know like we have to talk more about these things because I too am I think he said trans attracted if I'm not mistaken mm -hmm. his yeah, language that's the term he used that's the term that he used yeah and it sparked like a lot of conversation because subsequently he went on the breakfast club is that what it's called? Mm. Yeah. He went to the Breakfast Club with, you know, Charlemagne and, and uh, Angela Yee and DJ Envy. And he brought, you know, Carmen, a very popular trans activist with her as as well as uh, what's her name? It was two other people. That yeah, there were two other people. Too. There was a gay man there and there was another trans activist there as well. I forget her name. I'll tell you guys in a second. But it was an interesting conversation and it went in a whole lot of directions, which we'll get into in a little bit. But when we first found out about that, we exchanged some, you know, DMs back and forth because we wanted you to come on the show for a long time. But this kind of like was like, OK, you definitely have to come. How can we make that happen? Because as we've seen, like when we were talking off mic, was that the conversation kind of happened when Malik, you know, came out and said stuff. But then he kind of pulled back yeah, because he, he pulled back a lot because I believe he was at... um the Grio, or he was at some, I think it was one of the more black um, digital video publications mm -hmm. that had an exchange with him and the host who was asking him about the charges, or I'm sorry, the allegations more so right. that he was dealing with underage girls, transgender women, back in back when he was shooting um, New York Undercover. Right. And a sex worker at that is what they were describing. Yes, and I think they were saying at the time she would have been 13 or 14 mm -hmm. years old or something like that. So yeah. he asked him about that, and he got really, really, really upset. And if I would have to guess, he probably pulled back off of the conversation just because of the natural impl implications by coming to the you know public and, and wanting to be a leader in the conversation. People are going to always do that. And I think they're going to have a New York Undercover re um, reboot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure so, if they weren't before, they will now. Yeah. So it's kind of like he has a lot to lose and gain and everything. So I'm mm -hmm. sure he wants to play his cards right. But I just personally feel like this conversation has a lot of legs. And legs in more so the healing space, which is what we do here. We take real life shit and we just bring it here and we try to break it down in a way where we can understand what can we get from this? What can we learn from this? And this is why I think someone like you, Josh, is really, really important to the conversation, not only because of what you do and I would love to hear about like you know even your streetwear design like how that fits into your overall mantra of just coming forward and having conversations about who you are in your reality you know just being here and talking about this in general with us but there is a real real big fear that a lot of men who do love trans women have and a lot of that is natural a lot of that makes sense because we all have self-preservation at the very, very top of our list for most people. And we call it other very things, true. you know, like, you know, God protect us, God heal us. Yeah, we just want to be alive. Right. So it's like in this space, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've been able to navigate and how that informs your work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can definitely identify with the point that you were just making in regards to that fear. Um, I'm thankful that I've grown out of that. Um, but a lot of people don't. Um, it, it it could be contributed to several things. Maybe the environment um, is a little tough for them to be honest with everyone, with their community about themselves because they're afraid of being judged or whatever the case may be. But um, there are several, several people that are in fact trans attracted that wouldn't speak up. And so 
I was happy to see that Brother Yoba came and, and, and stepped up to the plate. But it seemed like once he did that Breakfast Club interview, like you said, it felt like he kind of was was uh, retracting or stepping back a little bit and trying to make it clear like, hey, I'm cisgender, heterosexual man. Um, but, you know, yeah. transgender women are attractive sometimes. Like, it's like that's not mm-hmm. the energy that you right. had at first, bro. You know, and it just kind of felt a little weird. And then he had those. Uh, he had a few people with him on the show that kind of felt like they were directing them and redirecting them when he went right. in a direction in which they maybe didn't want him to go. Right. So and by right. the way, the people, other people were, along with Carmen, it was David Jones, The uh, he's an activist. Yes, uh, David Jones. And then uh, the other uh, trans woman was uh, Nala Simone. Or yes. Nala Simone. Yes, yes. That was Na- on the Nala, Nala held it down. Yeah, yeah. she kept okay. it in order, I believe, because, yeah, I thought that interview was a little... But go ahead. Yeah, it was it was, it was off putting for me personally, and um, I, I did feel like he wasn't keeping the same energy. Mm-hmm. And even after that, when um, he did the interview that you just referenced and and got upset about them mentioning that, as opposed to you know explaining and you know justifying and keeping his ground, it was just kind of indicative of you know what his motives may be. Um, and so I thought that was very interesting. But personally that's mm-hmm. that's one of the another one of the reasons why i really wanted to uh, speak up and, and come on the podcast and have this conversation again because it, it felt like it, yoba didn't really drive it home and because i didn't see very many conversations sparking after that or because of it like everybody right. anticipated when it went viral mm-hmm. um and so i'm like okay well i want to have a conversation even if people are still afraid because it's time for people to speak up and and, and realize that trans women are women they, yeah they are people yes you know and, and they can be loved they should be loved and they will be loved regardless of how anybody feels about it and so it's about time that they consider other perspectives it's about time it's past due time mm-hmm. in fact so. yeah yeah i agree 100 percent. so like for you how have you, you like in saying that you understand why you know, other people are on their journey, why other people may not be able to, you know, come forward and say that they are trans attracted or that they love trans women. For you, how did you get around that or through that? To be completely honest with you, it was one of those uh, what, what people in our community call come to Jesus moment <laughs> um, where I just realized I'll never have what it is I want or, or unless I'm honest with myself. I was lying to myself and telling myself, no, it's it's not. It's just a fetish, kind of how people, some people describe it. But it really wasn't that. And I had to admit that to myself first in order to be comfortable with admitting that to other people and realizing that I'd never be able to have or develop or find a true relationship with a trans woman or or any woman for that matter until I realized who I was and, and, and what it is that, I like and what I'll allow in my life. So, right. so, um, so who are you? So how do you, because of the world we live in, we kind of have to figure out who we are in a very, very unique way through our journey. But like, how do you identify yourself? Who are you? I identify myself as queer. Actually. Um, I don't identify as heterosexual. I identify as pansexual, in fact, because I, I really deal with energy more than anything. But I find myself attracted to trans women's energy and just their, their stories. And, and it's been that way for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, it's um, I believe it's something that you can't control. But why would you want to? You know what I mean? Why not take put effort into understanding it rather than trying mm-hmm. to control it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and so that's what i decided to do and when i decided to do that 
things changed and I started to meet incredible people of trans experience and otherwise, but uh, just in the LGBT community um, that understood and could identify or even if they couldn't identify, respected it. And, you know, I didn't have that when I was hiding and when I wasn't being honest, Mm -hmm. because how could I, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it was due time. Uh, but I was definitely an adult when I when I came to that realization. And so I realized that even a lot of teenagers and, and young adults alike, they, they feel the same way, but they can't come out for, for, again, several reasons or whatever their experiences may be. And so I encourage them to do the same, too, because it's important. How old were you? When I realized that I was trans attracted, I had to be about 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I didn't admit it to myself and others until i was in my late 20s i'm 33 now so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's been several years that i've been um open and honest um but it's been an interesting few years mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest because and, of it and so have you been so the the i guess that the correct term trans attracted so like when malik yoba said that's i guess the I, I mean, I don't have an issue with with trans attracted. Um, I think it was safe for him. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I go so I love trans women. Like mm-hmm. it's not just an attraction. Right. It's a love, so so like, you've been me. in relationships I, with I trans have. women, and that's I have is, that, and is that the extent of your your dating? Do you only date trans women? Um, no, I don't. In fact, I, I mean, I date women and women of the trans experience and otherwise, uh, but women. Okay, um, you know that's been my experience with dating, but um, with trans women, it's definitely different. It's definitely different. Um, the relationship, the the energy is different uh, most times, um, and and it's a positive difference in my personal opinion, which mm-hmm. is why I gravitate more towards them. Um, just I think their experiences and their stories, because of the difference um, from your cisgender women mm-hmm. it, it creates a different uh a, a different dynamic a different personality a different character traits different character traits that a cisgender woman just couldn't have and wouldn't understand yeah um and it's interesting when having when trying to have those conversations with cisgender women it's like the only talking point that they use as well they they're not a woman because they can't get pregnant and it's like there's so many different things so many different layers there though that they not they're not considering when they say that Mm -hmm. and so i think that's another aspect to the conversation not just getting black men and men in general to quit it with the transphobia and and be honest about their trans attractions etc but also for cisgender women to kind of understand hey these are women too yeah Mm -hmm. you know oh my god i just really love what you said there i thought it was very very significant because where you just went is a place where I feel because of shame, no one wants to go. No one wants to go mm-hmm. to the place that expounds upon what makes trans women so special. Right. It's always been about fighting for the opportunity to be what is a cisgender woman, which mm-hmm. is seen as the coveted prize. And I, I always wonder what would happen if we would frame the conversations more so around the unique identity of being a trans woman and how, yes, trans women are women. And we can always say, oh, that's a beautiful woman. But when we go to, into the specificity that, that we would go in when we're talking about black women or mm-hmm. white women or women who can't have children or women who can have children, you know, I think that there's variety and all women are not monolithic. And I think that this expands that in a way that makes people uncomfortable. Um, but I think that it's dynamic. 
dynamic for many, many reasons that deserves to be acknowledged. So if you have an experience with seemingly being one gender because we assign sex, you know, at birth via, geni- you know, looking at genitalia and you have that experience of what societally is expected of you, what you look like on, on the outside, and then you transition absor- uh, be becoming what you feel on the inside on the outside mm-hmm. what a unique experience right. like Precisely. that mm-hmm. is exactly what maybe we can represent we can um visually showcase as right. a caterpillar to a butterfly you know and i feel like we don't hone in on there because there are women and and cisgender women and cisgender men who say be the fuck you, what you were born as who the mm-hmm. fuck gives a shit about how you feel on the inside the god made you like this and you're going to snip away at that and add this and it's not going to work you'll never be this and never be that but what if it is all to become a trans person what if it's never to become a cisgender person why isn't that okay i don't want to be you mm-hmm. and i wonder what this whole experience would be like if we were able to stop talking so specifically about the penis or stop um, talking about the pussy so much um, and vaginas and breasts, because those are all things that come after understanding what is unique about the experience right. and embracing are. what mm-hmm. that okay. is. And I feel like that is a more attractive conversation, but I don't feel like people are able to even get past it because if you now like trans women, I'm talking like if I'm a cisgender woman mm-hmm. who is being led by these types of thoughts, but it's more like, well, if you like transgender women, I will never be a transgender woman. So you can never really, really appreciate me or or like me. You're going to always be wanting a transgender woman as opposed to identif- being able to say, well, he likes he, he is attracted to women and he may have. The experience may look like this mm-hmm. it may look like this as bisexual people often have a really really rough time navigating because it's like yeah i'm attracted to this and i'm attracted to this but i'm right now i'm here with you and i'm attracted to you and i feel like because we're not willing to expand our own experiences we miss each other and this i think is a critical conversation because what i believe happens often is that with the silence of men who actually love trans women or are trans attracted wherever you are in your journey, whatever you call it, but you appreciate transgender women only physically or you appreciate them only emotionally, but you do it all behind closed door, the mixture of the both behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. If you're quiet about that, we then leave these trans women or people of the trans experience out in the, out in the open and in the cold when with we, no in protection, reality, nothing. And that is the byproduct when they actually need it the most when they actually point. need it the most yeah, yeah. i agree because the, the the trans experience is a very valuable experience and i don't yes. think people realize the value in, in the experience that they have and a lot mm-hmm. of things that they go through and learn as trans people um furthermore to um, expand a bit on the conversation about uh cisgendered women and how they're saying if you um, like trans women and you'll always like that you'll never actually like me I hear another conversation from cisgender women also um, that I date or attempt to date and it's a very interesting one where it's like well why be with a, a trans woman either you be with a woman or you be with a guy mm-hmm. it's yeah. almost excluding them from being a person at right. all you know it's, it's like mm-hmm. pick one what's Just this middle that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's, this, what's this combo what is that you know it's like very off putting yeah. um, but I hear it all the time so that's another thing that needs to be talked about because it's 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 alarming. Do you yeah. do you feel the need like say if you're dating a cisgender woman at the moment 
do you feel the need to like do you say that you're a part of the queer queer community do you um invite her and tell her that you are also trans attracted like how does that experience navigating i guess a heteronormative relationship i I do both i do both in fact um at one point i certainly didn't when i was younger and and a bit more immature and a little you know afraid you Mm -hmm. know to be completely transparent i wasn't being forthcoming about those things right um now i I definitely am um, because it's something that's a part of who i am Mm -hmm. and if we're looking to share our worlds and you certainly have to know that and you got to know that up front and it makes you special too right like the fact that you are able to receive the energy because you never spoke about body parts you spoke specifically about the energy and And the the experience experience. right and i'm not saying that it doesn't work in conjunction with physicality but you definitely spoke to that and that's what's definitely missing from the conversation the majority of the time and i feel like it's the energy it's that type of an experience that we all crave and that we all want but we all ignore because the boxes that we put ourselves in don't allow those things to come with us you know what i mean so i think like you're special in order for you to be to receive that energy and appreciate that energy makes you a receptive for that you i think that makes you unique as well and all and all men who have that experience all cisgender trans men whoever whatever who have that kind of an experience I feel like it's always an, an energy flow. I think that it's mm-hmm. always a combination of masculinity and femininity <clears throat> that work for people. And we act like there aren't receptors to these, you know, you know, the positive and the negative energy, right. meaning like... And layers and variations it, and nuances. Exactly. And like In between. Yeah. Like, why would there be transgender people and there not be people who are available to receive and love them? But I think because of society, we want to make it that way. Mm-hmm. We write it into religion, religions that it's that way. But there is continuous proof that it's quite the, the other, the right. opposite, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of what we've seen over a millennia. Right. So, you know, I think that hopefully we can continue this conversation. I hope that it expands more and more and more mm-hmm. because I, I just personally feel that black people, we have we're at a crossroads and we're at we're having a reckoning of sorts where we now are coming into a little bit of privilege in certain spaces and in certain ways you know now we have more black millionaires than we've ever had etc cetera, etc cetera. and i wonder what happens when we are the ones who have the decision making ability who do we become and in these moments like now i think we need to be making better choices of who we want to mm-hmm. be in a changing world do we want to be the ones who will just switch hands and switch arms or just join the rat race, um, join the capitalism race and just continue to shit on people now that we are here? Are we going to continue that tradition or are we going to step into the fact that when you go back to ancient Uganda, they had two spirited people. They had transgender people. They had gay people. They had queer people that they actually worshipped and yeah, you know, that they actually protected cherished. and took care of and absolutely looked out for absolutely so who who are we are we mm-hmm. going to continue to be these people i think that's where we are now and i really yeah. like the, i really like that piece that you said about like you doing the work and although it was hard and it took you a certain amount of time once you actually did it and quote unquote cracked the code and figured it out you were kind of invited into this land of just experience with people and, and stories and and people that you've met and i think that is one thing that you have to, we have to really highlight is that sometimes in our loneliness when we're we talk about this all the time when 
You know what I mean? When you're putting yourself in the box, when you're trying to live by societal, you know, norms and you're like fighting it, even though you know that it's not you, you live in this in this space of loneliness. And a lot of times when you kind of quote unquote again crack the code, crack the code and you find your tribe and you find that there's people <laughs> that are gonna love you for who you are and that are just gonna love up on you and, and you can have those experiences and yeah there might be some severed ties along the way and that's the, the part of the life and, and, and doing yeah, the work and, and you might for the course. and it's hard because yes. some of us have lost family some of us have, have lost friends but again when you actually get to the other side you see that there are people there waiting like come here where yes. are where and were you your, and, and you just gain them right back and again you, you lose those friends and those family members quote unquote but then you gain them right back right. In abundance. tenfold like, yeah, yeah. And it's incredible yeah, yeah. there's so amazing. much more meaningful relationships that you build on the other side than before because it's yes. like what's the what's the benefit of being friends with a brother who hates homosexuals as a homosexual because he's your your mother's son yeah what's the benefit there yeah. you know what i mean it's like i understand that's your blood you want to have a relationship with them but it's clearly it's something that can't transpire you kind of got to let that go and be yourself so yeah. that you can get that real brother that's going to love you for who you are all Absolutely. the time you know you'll get that and he may not be your mother's son but that's your brother right that's your real brother yeah you yeah, know? yeah i agree and that's one thing that i actually just love about the queer community in general is that even like growing up and it's a lot of it's fun a lot of it's like pretend and play but you know when you have like about your mother your house mother whatever your mm -hmm. mother your father you know and you really develop relationships and real actual family you know what i mean like like this yeah. is my brother this yeah. is my sister this is my mother like yeah and and when you actually think about what you know mother and brother and so all those things mean you really find it rooted in in the truth and like when you find a tribe and when you find the people that you feel like you belong to, you really kind of redefine, you know, what all of those things really mean. Again, we talk about yeah, that, un all so that unpacking much stuff. Exactly. You start figuring out a whole new way of, of family, a, a, new, a whole new way of love and all that stuff. Which is very black and very African, you know, just in terms of thinking about like the village mentality. I think that it's also very black. Mm -hmm. You know, even when you think about when there was segregation and black people were in control of our own communities and building our own wealth we were doing really really well mm -hmm. we were doing really, really figuring well. that shit out with nothing yeah and we were really really good with community and i don't think that that's a coincidence i think that that's just how we are mm -hmm. you know we're we're team workers and i think you know just strategy strategy wise from the colonial perspective i think it was always about separating people from their villages and separating people from the things that tie them to themselves right like you iyanla says you are who you come from not where you come from um you, wherever you come from just dictates how you get to figure out who exactly you are but you look at it one day and all of a sudden you're like shit i'm so much like my mother i'm so much like my father <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so it's like you can't really really you can't really run away from it and i think that we're always yearning to connect with each other but there are these boundaries so for you when you talked about you know you know finding your brother and it may not be the person who's your mother's child right how have you met men who are like you or men who just accept you with open arms? And how was that process for you? Even though, you know, Beyonce's in the back ringing the alarm. I was about to say <laughs> shout out to Brooklyn the in the back <laughs> on a Saturday. Okay. Somebody's no days off, car. though. No. <laughs> no days off. Literally. Right. still going through this shit. But um, now that Beyonce um, decided to calm down, yeah. Okay. But no, in fact, um, to be honest, I'm still navigating that space trying to find uh, men like myself that are trans attracted. I have, in fact, met 
a few um, on my journey, but no one that I've been able to develop real relationships with for whatever reasons. I think it's a lot of that fear still. Well, they'll admit it to me because I'm admitting to them that, that right. I like it, but they not going to say it to somebody that wouldn't admit it to them. Yes. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. It's, it's still a, a barrier there, you know, where we, we can't connect. Mm-hmm. you know yeah and it's unfortunate and so i'm still looking for that but i do have a lot of brothers and sisters in the community that i love like blood i can't cap um, i really do yeah and i would never have met them had i not admitted again to myself who i was first and then mm-hmm. began to admit to others mm-hmm. like f- from the gate that's so like dope. this is who i am this is how i identify this is what i like so this is who i know are you okay with that or not nah? yeah. you know that's that's kind of how it has to be yeah so so you mentioned before that you have a daughter right i do in fact um i have a 15 year old daughter this is wow a I'm basketball not, player at that yeah uh, the same height as me mind you i'm six one my daughter is like the same height as she's, she's probably gonna be taller she's, uh, she, mind you i'm looking at you and i'm like he has a whole child who can say i keep forgetting i'm gonna drive myself what? right right what did you say like FaceTime every day and everything is crazy. Like this is a little adult that I'm having conversations with. Yeah. A little young lady. Like mm-hmm. it's so interesting. So how, for you, have you had conversations with your daughter? I was going to ask that too. Or have you ever thought about like having those conversations in the future? And do you think that because it's, this is a 15 year old, this is a, a gen alpha child. So is there a caveat there? Is there a gap there? Or, a game or, plan? Or, or is it easy breezy with a 15-year-old nowadays? Like, what's the tea? Well, interestingly enough, I have, in fact, had conversations with her in regards to me identifying as queer. We've had conversations about the LGBT community, and I've even taken her to Pride um, two years, actually. Wow. And her mom attended also. Her mom actually uh, identifies as lesbian now. Wow. Um, and has identified that way for several years now. Um, and so you know she she has that in the household because she lives with mom so she has that in the household where she got two moms you know what I mean gotcha Um, so we've had those conversations we've been the pride I haven't had a conversation with her in regards to my trans attraction Um, and and there is a game plan Um, Mm -hmm. it certainly is because I imagine that eventually I'll find someone that I that I adore and want to spend extended time with i'll say that mm-hmm. i'll put it that way mm-hmm. and so they'll certainly get an opportunity to meet her right um and prior to them getting the opportunity to meet i would certainly want to sit her down and have that conversation see how familiar she is with the trans community and the mm-hmm. trans experience and then kind of get her up to speed mm-hmm. so that it's a a, a a level of respect there mm-hmm. wow. so as far as her understanding of your involvement in the queer community it's just like she knows that you have different types of friends stuff like that um well yeah i've tried to kind of get wrap her mind around pansexuality um but it was a bit difficult to get her to truly grasp mm-hmm. what i was saying to her i mean um, yeah 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 she um kind of locked in on gay straight by <laughs> at She's this like, point you okay, know what I mean? so she can't really under she doesn't really understand any of the other but that's good she's on level three she's about yeah, a good she's on level three <laughs> she you know she has a lot of she, information so yeah, she's she getting there and um again have a mom you know in the house is, is definitely a benefit in that regard you know because yeah. she gets a lot of information and firsthand experience she gets to see mm-hmm. it um at home and so it's really cool but yeah definitely a game plan in place to to you know get her up to speed because I know it's inevitable. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome, though. Yeah. I feel like, you know, this is an amazing story that you have. This is, like, not the typical story. A lot of people don't have 
the openness that you have a lot yeah. of people don't have the luxury of being raised in a queer household okay so you know <laughs> there's a True huge story. chasm between the realities of the diversity of family and what we've been told and especially with the storytelling process and we've come leaps and bounds with the gays and with the lesbians and and True. not far enough with the bisexual folks but I would say definitely know where, where we need to be with transgender people. That's why Pose, it's such an amazing show Absolutely. to me. Mm-hmm. I love Shout it. I love Billy it. Porter. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Billy Porter. Love Billy. And um, Blanca's character on one of the episodes, I'll never forget, she said that the reason why at the time when she was sleeping with men for money or just sleeping with men what in, in general, and she knew that it would just be about sex, for her was significant. Because that was the one moment where she felt the closest thing to love. And we've spoken about Mm -hmm. this, Will and I, and we've expounded on that about how we can relate in different ways. You know, because that's a common story. Sometimes we settle for things that we shouldn't settle for, momentary things, because we'd rather have that than nothing. And the reason why I really want to also have these conversations and normalize these conversations, because we have to recognize humanity in people. And through that particular story for me i was able to see outside of just being a part of this umbrella community this queer community i could see myself in the trans experience i could see um and that's pretty narcissistic but it it it's something that for me was just a gateway into understanding that this is so much more complicated and so much more layered it's kind of like when i saw moonlight I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I know so much about, you know, my gay experience and which mm-hmm. is which is rough. But then I got it. I got to see through the lens of someone else whose queer experience was really about was surrounded by a certain type of violence, a very, very close violence um, who had a drug addicted parent. Right. A, a, yeah. a, a father who wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, like, for me, mine was very, very different. And it, it kind of like allowed me a new way of seeing the diversity of queerness of gayness and i was like fuck it was just it was amazing it did some really really good stuff to my pov and just to my you know experience as a man to then be that more generous than how we how we treat people sometimes we're like you know it's not enough that you're not doing this it's not enough that you're doing that but what would you do right now in present day if you had to switch you know shoes and and experiences with someone else it's an entire thing it's an entirely different thing to navigate so you know what i'm saying so i just so after like having pose i just want to see more and more and more trans women trans men out there and being themselves fully without feeling like they have to be this or that people of the trans experience and so for like for you how would you say it's been with you know having to date trans women who may be in a point in their life where they don't want everybody to know or maybe trans women who are really really excited but have had rough experiences in the past that they may bring to the relationship and once again highlighting the fact that people of the trans experience have a very unique experience so we're also going to have another guest today her name is Drea. She's coming on, but we'll introduce her more so when she comes on. Hey. But but I definitely want to talk more about like on being on the receiving end of the trans experience as a love interest. Ha, what is tell me tell us more about the unique experience that is that. That experience is unique. That's one way to put it. Um that's a nice way to put it. But it's very interesting because um 
again, being somebody that's dating trans women, you kind of go through those motions with them. You know what I mean? Um, and furthermore, you go through those motions even when they aren't around, you know, if people know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's a very interesting experience to navigate, but it's worth it at the end of the day. That's what I tell people all the time. At the end of the day, it's worth it. If that's what, if that's who you truly love or, you know, you should, it's worth it. But um, regardless of that, um, it, it has been a very interesting experience because you get to see firsthand the, the, the type of things that people say um the 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 things they really think is is mind blowing it's it's kind of disgusting the the types of things that people think and say mm-hmm. um about trans women still to this day and so when you see the flip side of that coin and you see like Laverne Cox on TV thriving and you see yes. you know come on uh, Laverne yeah you know it's it's so exciting or to see pose for example like you mentioned or even to see movies like Moonlight highlighting those experiences and then to uh piggyback off that the conversations like this yeah. that are that are happening you know um it's 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 great it's great it's great because it's definitely a transition from how it used to be yeah because um, i could think about the times of like Chaz bono for example mm. when when he, yeah yeah that, they gave him hell <laughs> you know That's what i mean true. for for trying to live his truth at that time and you know you fast forward to today and people yeah. are being celebrated mm-hmm. and so it's like it's it's coming along slowly but surely amen 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 it's coming along but it's still tough it's definitely tough um navigating that space and trying to um and then being a man trying to navigate it with them you know it's, yeah. it's, it's difficult it's not as difficult as them navigating the space themselves but it certainly has its challenges yeah um you know dealing with the community so yeah yeah you, sorry i was gonna ask because like kind of uh piggybacking off of that like what like I don't know. Like, are you nervous? Are you scared? You know, we had we talked about um, the 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 guy who you know wound up committing suicide, or just the fact that you know um, transgender um, murders among Black transgender women are you know growing. Like, do you? How do you deal with that as a as a thing? Like, are are you afraid of? You know, I mean, I know you are living and you're out and you're proud, but like, are you afraid to sometimes be in spaces? you know, with certain people or how do you navigate the fear of knowing like that people are just really fucking cruel out here? Like what is, how, what's that like? It's interesting because I don't feel fear of violence, mm-hmm. you know, going anywhere. Um, and I oftentimes wear like a pride pin. Um, it's like a little Lena Waithe pin from her outfit at the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. I wear it everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always representing the community, even if even though I'm walking around looking like a cisgender regular guy. You know what I mean? You, you may not look at me and say, oh, he gay. But you see the pin, you know I'm representing the community. Long story short, I never really feel fear of violence um, because of my association. Um, but I have in the past felt fear, that fear of being judged um, like at work, for example, or by your family members, people that actually can affect your life in certain ways. I felt that fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I can't say that I that I experienced that. It was just the whole judgment thing, like thinking if my coworkers find out, then they're going to make it an uncomfortable work environment. Right. You know, now I can't get my money the way that I would like to or whatever the case may be. But it's, again, it's never been a fear of violence on myself, but it's always been a fear of violence 
on the women that I date. Yeah. Because when we out in public spaces, they often people often in the community use the word passable. Yeah. And so, you know, every every trans woman isn't quote unquote passable. And so you get guys that are just like just, nasty and just, just mean, you know. For no and so it, it's it's kinda inexplicable, you know. So um you, you definitely get that you get that fear going out in public. You just wanna go have a meal, you wanna have dinner and all of a sudden you're getting heckled, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but otherwise, um, in my personal life, no, um, just in regards to them getting it and me being with them, you mm-hmm. know, I kind of get the second hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but it's something that we navigate. And, um, I think we're getting, we're getting past it again, slowly, but surely, but it's still something to be dealt with. It definitely is. Yeah. Cause I'm always, I'm always trying to figure out like how can we better protect these women you know and sometimes i don't know because it's like before you can even come up with a a little bit of an idea you see another hashtag or you see someone else you know on social media saying that another trans woman got you know murdered and it's 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 very unfortunate because you can tell a lot of it is rooted in, in self-hate. Yeah. Especially when you think about people getting their eye, their arms tied and people and getting burned in cars. Like it, there's just a yes, level of, a lot of like hate. a self-hate that, you know, and it's like, I, I, I'll, that's why I love people like you because it's like a, the, the true definition of like liberation. Yeah. Like when you like, you're torturing yourself for so even, you know, I, again, I can I cannot directly relate, but similar to Donovan, I figure out ways t- to be empathetic. I kind of navigate. Well, I remember what it was like to be other. I remember when it was like not to feel comfortable and being who I am. You know, even though now that, I mean, I in, in many ways I feel like you know being gay or you know the LGBTQ community in in some ways is trending. It's it's you know a little bit more popular now. You know you can yeah, and that's you have another a, thing too. It's this, oh it's a, it's own market now where yeah, you know you definitely. can come out and be yourself and you can still thrive exactly. And you don't necessarily need quote unquote the people who would hate on you anyway exactly. <laughs> right, you can true. still be good and they can hate over there. Right, you know? so true. But that does take like a certain level of compartmentalism and self awareness, and that's a journey, and it's at a different pace for everyone. And true. and that brings me back to Malik Yoba in particular because I saw that struggle, and I've been reading. Uh, Will and I actually read some articles this morning about this idea that you can be a I don't know. There are ghosts and goblins uh, <laughs> in the hallway. I went. I, I thought it was dogs. I knew it wasn't because I was like. I saw them. I was like, you guys don't look like you're doing anything. And then I'm like, oh, it's like, but anyway, so Halloween's coming. So we're just going to, we're just going (laughs) to make that. (laughs) If you hear that, but, but it was this ability, right. To come out and say, no, not come out. I'm sorry. To step up. That is to step up, which was an, I I did not agree with that. Because he doesn't want to, it's like that passive aggressive, like, oh, I'm going to kind of do something, do something, but not do it all the way. It's like this shit is so whack. I agree. I feel like, and this is not to judge Malik Yoba in the way that I would have judged before. Like, I'm not judging him, and I think that he should have done something alternative. I'm just saying that this is what happens when you step into the kitchen and you're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. Because now people are questioning, like, what is the experience that you're telling us that you're having? You're saying that you appreciate, you are fond of people from the queer community. 
but you want to hold on to your heterosexuality. Exactly. And I think that there was that, an obvious discomfort anytime somebody referred to him as gay or bi or anything other than out, cisgender right. heterosexual, which yeah. is the way he described himself. Because yeah. coming out, otherwise. you know, was is is a gay thing. Because you know, you got to come out the closet and all that. But stepping up, that's what men right, do. Like, I didn't come out. First of Ev- all, every single just, time, oh, like, so, he said so it you know. every so single time, yeah. and it was like, I was like, okay, girl, we get it, we get it. Because you know, men step. It was just like you. I hated everything about that. It made me it so made uncomfortable. Me, yeah. It made it me really uncomfortable. Because what and, and you don't get to partake in the community. You don't get to do that, and and enjoy it for the aesthetics, for the romance, for whatever it is that you want at this time in your life, and have the nerve to say, "But I'm going to hold on to every piece of privilege that I have," which is to expand the definition of heterosexuality and not join a community that is open and ready for people like you the reason i'm saying that is because you are you actually love somebody who's a part of the community but when you go out in the street just because it's just like being an interracial relationship if you are a black woman with a white man he's now going to have to hear about a whole set of stories and a whole different journey Mm -hmm. that he's going to have to get comfortable with quickly because you'll never be a white woman. You'll never have the same experience. You'll never have the same corporate experience, retail experience, any kind of an experience that a white woman would have right now. Mm -hmm. So the relationship by definition becomes an interracial relationship. If you are in a relationship with a transgender woman, who has a very, very different experience that comes with a lot of nuance and specifics under the umbrella of womanhood, you're going to have to get really, really real about that. So when you go out in the world and you didn't pick out a designer transgender woman Mm -hmm. and you have to deal with a transgender woman who is of the everyday species, you are going to have to deal with a whole new reality. So why is it that you get to hold on to your labels that are cute and safe? When you're dealing with somebody, is, is this not a trend? Is, are you not someone who is in a relationship with a queer person? Is this not a queer relationship? Is this not a transgender or a trans, you know, relationship? And 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 for me, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think that it becomes a bad thing mm-hmm. when we contextualize this around losing privilege. And we talk about this too, about it being on the other side too of a lot of trans women. And we can talk to Drea more about this, but not accepting their trans experience and you know whether it be them not wanting to for their own reasons not tell people certain things but also the idea of like well i'm just a woman i'm just a woman i'm just a woman and it's like there's so much again beauty experience in the transness of it all Mm -hmm. that you're kind of doing your you're duping yourself by just cutting to, to a woman because you'll find out that that's not the same you know yes you are a woman of but there's the trans experience and there's women cisgender women and that's what we were talking about yeah before yeah. it's that it's it's great yeah and it happens it's, it's amazing yeah and my point is like it happens on both sides so then you know you have your malik yobas possibly be mi- misinformed by your carmen whoever is because of how she yeah. navigates her privilege that's of true. being a very light very passable you know what I mean? So it's like we also have to like who's teaching impassable, who? Impassable essentially just means yeah. a transgender woman who by all, you know, definition looks like a, a cisgender yeah. woman. Like you wouldn't think anything other than by, you know, mm-hmm. the naked eye, if you will. So, I, yeah, I feel like we got to also be careful, you know, with the other side, too. It's like who's teaching, you know, the, the people that the trans experience that he's getting is not going to be, you know, the, necessarily the same trans experience that 
you know, he's trying to step up for. Yeah. And then and then that becomes interesting, right? Because the trend, the trend that will then say that the trans experience is not all the same. It, it would then say that a lot of trans women may feel this kind of way or trans some trans women may feel that kind of way around how they want to how they are comfortable with how they appear and how they would want to identify right. in terms of out in the world. And I think that that diverse that that diversity is not spoken about exactly, and, and not I, at all, not at all. And I think that a lot of that is around masculine and feminine energy as well. I think that there are for someone like Carmen, I would imagine for her, it's like, listen, I'm not here for this man life at all. I don't want anything to do with it. I am not turning back. That is not how I feel on the inside. I want nothing to do with it, right? And that may cause her, you know you know, as a byproduct to then not want people to know that she's of the trans experience. But she always finds herself in a, in a situation where she's speaking on trans issues because that is always the reality. Mm-hmm. That, in fact, is the reality. So for me, it's whether you're ha- whether you have that type of experience or you're someone else and your experience is that, you know, I don't look that I don't look that way and I don't want that kind of an experience. You know, I, I appreciate my diversity and mm-hmm. identify as a trans woman. You know, we there's room yeah. for both of these women in the queer community, whether you decide to be a part of it or not, that's up to you. And I believe that in, in, under the queer umbrella, we also have room for men who, ident- who can be in heterosexual relationships and who can be in relationships with transgender women and queer relationships. You're welcome here. Mm-hmm. We've never closed. The, well, I'm, I wouldn't say that. I think that there are a lot of ignorant people even within the LGBTQ yeah, you get plus a few. community. You get, you get, you get a few in every that. community, child. Yeah, every community. Every, community every fucking fools, community. But. But, I, but I would just say from a definition perspective is that you're welcome here. And to see like people who do have the mic or temporarily for someone like Malik Yoba. Um, they took his mic already. Baby, he threw that thing the on the ground gone. and said, see ya. He, he threw it down and then they grabbed the cord and just pulled it. Like, right, mm-hmm. you. What exactly. you trying to do to just me? Just do it quietly. Right, just, just do it quietly. Mm, we have this reboot. We still um, got New York undercover coming. I know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I mean, when I look at that, I'm like, no, we need to have more genuine experiences mm-hmm. and genuine stories that reflect some pride. Yeah. I concur because I didn't. I don't feel like that reflected pride at all. Good. It was so <laughs> weird. Yes, it was just so weird and uncomfortable. Like I was literally like, I don't know. Like for the longest time, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. I didn't I like it at all. I, I didn't like how, it at all. And then I was just like, this just left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, <gasps> how do you halfway? come out step up whatever the fuck you're doing i don't know you yeah when i seen the instagram post i got excited i was like yes somebody with a platform Mm -hmm. a a black man yeah with a platform and stepping up on behalf of transgender people finally now we can have this conversation then you go on the breakfast club which is an even bigger platform i'm like yes the agenda is continuing right like he is not even he is taking big (laughs) leaps right only to hear this guy like fumble through fumble, like, like fumble. somebody just gave him a little bit of information the the interview before yeah. and then i mean again everyone has the brains dip- were sitting next to him like yes. the, all the brains and he was just the face you know yeah. what i'm saying and then like, and then no offense i just believe carmen was the face too again f- to kind of to kind of use her as a crutch of like why he stepped up you know what i mean yeah, she didn't and even pos- speak much and she then, didn't and even then speak no much. shade first of all she was on a radio show but then all she had a turtleneck with her titties cut out <laughs> so i was just like but why are you here like okay like you're beautiful whatever that means but it's like you're not adding any 
any anything to the conversation. I feel like you were just here to like stroke Malik Yoba's out his ego and to make him feel better of of why he's deciding to come out because look who I'm look who I have in my company like these women are beautiful yeah because he didn't speak to his experience with any trans people outside of her right that's That's, it that's why and I'm like you can't you can't and and their experience was friends exactly he made that expressly clear yeah that it was nothing romantic there he never he never implied that he's ever been romantic with a trans person and then the moment a trans person comes out and say hey we had a relationship or an endeavor whatever you want to call it it's this very sinister yeah he was just very much like i'm backing out of this like you know i don't want nothing to do with it oh yeah sorry to this man because (laughs) sorry to this man (laughs) i kind of also believe that he was trying to be like the first he kind of probably I think saw he had a personal agenda. That's yeah, for sure. I've like maybe he like oh well you know I could be the first one and like we can get a real good story going here. I think and it was an attempt to go viral. I do. Yeah. I think and it and it was successful initially and then he blew it um, because he couldn't he he didn't feel comfortable committing. But his truth, I believe his truth is that he is into trans women and he afraid to really commit and say and embrace that full I'm experience. I'm a part of the queer community. This is what I'm into. You know what I'm saying. Etc. He yeah. not he not there yet. Yeah, and and because maybe he feels like he has a lot to lose as well. Maybe you know. Maybe, but a lot to gain also. All right. Is y'all ready? Yes, we've been ready. So we have. Oh, this we just gonna get right on over mm-hmm. into it. We have the amazing actress, activist, and fundraising guru, <laughs> <laughs> Drea Singh Calais. Give it up! Give it Extraordinary. up! I told you guys she was coming early in the conversation, but she's actually here. Say what up. She came yeah, through. I'm here in the flesh. You all can't see me, but I'm here. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. sharing a mic. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love we, so this is also my, my cousin. cousin. Ah! Hey, cousin! <laughs> yes. Y'all better be cousins. Okay. So how long have y'all been cousins? Uh, but they're, oh, damn. You're me my age. <laughs> it's, uh, it's technically when I came out. Exactly. How old am I? How old are you? 34. Bitch? Mm-hmm. I always estimate. I always go up. Y'all been cousins for thirty four years. Yeah, second cousins. Second cousins. We know damn. Yes, I'm oh, your yeah, mom's we cousin. We are. We are. Oh, you better, you better know. Math. Always good at math. Yeah, math. You better know. <laughs> yes. yes. So always good at math. That so thirty four years of cousinship, huh? Yes. Cousinship. Awesome. Well, welcome, Dre. We're so glad and happy to have you here with us on no days off oh my gosh it's so exciting (laughs) can i jump in real real fast go ahead okay so just to kind of recap for the people who maybe for you and the people because jay is just joining us because we wanted to have a really intimate conversation with josh first and then bring in to add the layers necessary for us to get like a more full scope of the conversation now drea is a trans how you could identify as a trans woman as one of the trans experience how do you identify okay i would say i identify as both when i first came out in the transgender community i for the most of my trans trans journey i've identified as a gender non-conforming transgender person and recently about two years ago i started taking on um that saying that i'm or identifying as a transgender woman Ah, so you talked about it in terms of it being a journey yes Right. And that's what we were talking with with Josh about his journey. So for yours, especially identifying as somebody who's not a, a non-gender conforming person, how did you arrive here? I arrived here at, um, okay, well, let me give you my, my 
my whole journey then. Give it to us. Yes. yes. So I came out of the closet first um, during my freshman year of college when I was 18. So this is in 2001 as a, you know, a gay man mm-hmm. first. Um, and, you know, later on, maybe about two years later, um, started or within, you know, not two years, but within that year started, you know, what one would term cross-dressing mm-hmm. and presenting as female and meeting people within the Providence community. I went to Brown in Providence, Rhode Island, and meeting mm-hmm. people in that. She's smart, y'all. She's smart. That's my cousin. Say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, meeting transgender women within a community and learning more around the tr- what the transgender identity is, but at the same time learning about, um, you know, gender and sexuality. I, I created my own concentration at Brown um, in gender and sexuality studies, and so I was learning about deconstructing. So I was like, you don't need... I, I started to more identify as a gender non-conforming person because I was all about breaking down the binary. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I always, I knew growing up, I always wish I was born, not that I was wish I was a girl. I always wish I was born with a vagina because I knew that the ways uh, that I would, that the ways that I, the, the feminine, I was a bit effeminate, but I tried to hide it mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. And I felt if I was just born with a vagina, all the things that were natural to me, my natural inclinations would be accepted by my family. And because of that, the only, the only answer for me was that I would pray to God that I could just wake up tomorrow and have a vagina and everything would be cured. And so I never had language for what I was experiencing. All I knew is that I was probably just a gay man and, mm-hmm. and upset with life. But when I came out in college, what I realized, it wasn't just me just being attracted to men. It's more so I saw myself as a woman. Growing up, even I would put on my mom's dresses and put on her makeup when I was younger. And of Pumps. course, yes, I would. And, and then you take, yeah, and practice my femininity in private. Because mm-hmm. that was the only place that I could do that. But at Brown, a very liberal campus, I was able to just explore the full gamut of yeah. my of my gender and my sexuality. Mm. And so I came out when I can I mm-hmm. can you for the people who are listening to this tell a little bit about how you identify gender versus sexuality. Mm-hmm. So my gender is my, my 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 expression to the world and how I you know perform my 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 sense of being. My right. sex is something totally different, right? right? From my my sex is what I has a lot to do with my genitalia. Right. And that's something that, you know, at birth, I came out with a penis. So I was a, a given male um, as my male sex. Right now, as a woman, it's not just about the fact that I have, it's not just about genitalia. It's about the fact that in the world, I am, I see myself, I perceive myself and experience the world as a feminine being, as a woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gone through, at this point in my life, I've gone through the process, started about two years ago in legally changing some stuff around uh, my name. I was always Andre up until, and not all trans people just just give, you know, disclose this. Not a lot of you know, trans people will give their, what is now, would be considered their dead name. I just give that, give that because it is a part of my journey. And I honor the person I was two, five years ago um, as mm-hmm. Andre. But Drea is, I am now in the, I, I put Andre aside and I'm in the world as Drea and she's a woman. My IDs now say that and I've gone, had to go through the whole process of going to court, you know, declaring that I am changing my name and also, you know, have 
going to the doctors, making sure that I could get the papers to get a gender marker, mm-hmm. which is required if you're going to do that legally. And it's a, it's a process. Yeah. And so it's not easy. So for me, my gender is different from my sexuality. Because um, I, as a woman, I, I'm just a woman, but I date men. I don't date other women right. currently. Um, so for me, I identify as a straight woman. Understood. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clearing that up. But tell us more about your journey, especially because in terms of just like being here and particularly we want to everybody has a very, very different um, experience. And a lot of it has been framed by white women, by white trans, by white trans women. So, you know, we may have our, you know, Kardashian clan may spit out a woman, a lot of women, if you will. But that doesn't necessarily paint the journey of your experience or people who I've who who have echoed the same sentiment like that wasn't my experience it's a lot more tough is specifically when you get into the black community and then the Caribbean community and the general you know American community especially because it can even be more homophobic in Caribbean places depending on where you are or African or continental Africans experience now how would you say for you now today what is your relationship with the black community Well, my experience with the black community is, well, you know, I have to go back because you, I, I hear what you're saying yeah. with um, your experience is, is different from a trans white woman. Yeah, yes, that would be the case. Yeah. <clears throat> but my experience as a black trans woman in America is definitely not the same as with all black trans women's experience. That's true. All right. In that, just, in that trans women are not monolithic. We're not monolithic. Okay. And so there are, even in the dating world, I, I, that question comes up in, in its own different ways quite often. Yeah. And it's as though like I'm supposed to be some sort of, um, encyclopedia <laughs> of what it is for right. for for being trans and that is not the case it's always been something i've been i've had to battle with um because people have this notion of what transgender is and it comes from the media yes. right where yes. we project and it's a lot about fetishizing um the trans body because people are just like oh my god i can't believe who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be a man like it's so great to be a man i've heard that too, right too. <laughs> so why the hell would you want to give up the privileges of being a man, but I never felt safe and I never felt my whole self as the man that I was supposed to be. And so now in, in expressing my full self as a woman that I am, I am so free. I am so f- feel fierce. I feel, feel as though like I can give a lot of, more of myself to the world, mm-hmm. not necessarily saying the world is receiving everything that I'm giving, but I'm giving to yeah. the world what I am, okay? And and wanting it to be honored. In respect to the black community, it's interesting. It's I sometimes end up dividing it between black American and black Jamaican kind oh, of context okay. because I must say that I feel a little bit freer in black American co- um, context. And when it's around black Caribbean masculinity, that's when I have a little bit more of my anxiety around mm-hmm. that because I do know for a fact that they're not... or. I, from what I'm perceiving, I do not see that they're honoring a lot of times within um, um, black um, Caribbean communities who are or having enough time, a hard enough time accepting um, homosexuality. I was, yeah, I was not, just about to say that. They're not, they're not ready. They're, they're not, really not ready. They are lagging behind. Yeah, they're not seeing me as other, a woman. Right. So they're, they would be seeing me as a man. And, it's, and for me, I, and I was speaking with you a little bit about this, when was it, Wednesday, mm-hmm. that... I am not a part to have no conversation with nobody where I'm, you know, debating whether or not I'm a woman or not. Those, Your humanity. Yes. Which, yeah, it boils down to yeah, debating literally. my humanity. And I am not 
here for those kind of conversations. Um, like right. if I tell you who I am, you don't get to then tell me, no, you're not that. Right. <laughs> I just told you who I am. And so that has been my experience, um, particularly with dealing with black Korean people, but it does happen with black people in general. Look, it's mm. for me, it's, I want to be, especially when I date men, I, I love all men. I love green men, white men, yellow men, black men, also some men. But I, right. but I do know that I do have like some kind of preference for black men. And I think because I am black, like right. I want to be seen by black men as a woman. And so my experience in dating black men is one where I've only dated two black men where it's been very much out and open mm -hmm. and you know had full-blown relationships but for the most part it's not something these what you would call trade right <laughs> where mm -hmm. it's more so not say we never go out in public but it's not i'm not gonna meet your mama i'm not <laughs> you know and and it's not gonna be that deep but mm -hmm. people want what they are getting from me it's interesting that this they're getting some kind of like support sometimes counseling it feels like from right. me um mm. and That's... Mm -mm -mm. and what am i getting in return you know like i they're Oof. so but as done in private i i'm someone i've dealt with those issues and mm -hmm. and still deal with some of those issues on a personal level but i with with how i'm you know what whatever i'm dealing with in the moment pertaining to my gender my sexuality it's I'm doing that work. I don't need to be doing the work for, for other people. For other people as well. Right. I feel as though that's what I'm sometimes end up doing. And if I'm not doing it, I'm asked to do it. Mm -hmm. And that becomes very dicey right. for me. Mm -hmm. Wow. And for me, like this is like getting to the point in the conversation that I just find to be one of the most interesting part of the conversations because when people will use the relationship, for example, to work out some of those, some of the shame, some mm. of the, you know, you just a scary ass motherfucker stuff that goes on. And it's not to say that your partner can't help you or can't talk to you through those things. But I think that it's different to have to expect your partner to remedy you not being brave enough or courageous mm -hmm. enough or anything like that. But speaking of like courageousness, celebrating trans trans women and folks of the trans experience behind closed doors and never really transitioning into the public is what I believe aids in the violence that is disproportionately attributed to trans women um, because with the shame and with the people not coming out and saying, listen, we, we honor these women. We honor the, our, the fullness of the experiences that we have with these women enough to say that it's not okay to lay your hands on them. If somebody just knows, yo, that's my homie. My homie is telling me right now that this is his experience. Why would I continue to allow that energy? That's how change happens to me, at least when you show up. And that's been your experience for yourself. Do you feel like the men who who do love trans women, for example, have the obligation to find their way out, to say something, to stick up, to speak up for? Yes, I do. Um, look, I like to equate this sometimes to, look, as someone at an intersection of, of lots of different um, minoritarian um, identities, being an immigrant, being black, being, you know, trans, I'm usually in spaces where i have to do a lot of emotional work mm -hmm. <laughs> um particularly at work mm -hmm. um just out there in the world and people black is under it's interesting how you know people who are pressed 
can see their own oppression, but don't see how they oppress others. And so there is, you know, the mantra where black people like to say, you know, white people need to do that work. Mm -hmm. All right. Like, don't just rely on the black people to like teach you how to cure racism. I didn't make up racism. Y'all did that. Okay. Like that's like dismantling racism. Yes. Black people have some space in that, but that don't, rely on us to do all that work Mm -hmm. so i also feel though men have a responsibility and cis women as well cis black women because cisgender black women also uphold a lot of what you know they're not the benefit yeah patriarchy but you know they suffer underneath um whatever toxic masculinity would be as well what are your experiences with cis um like cis uh black cis women like do you have traditionally have Relationships with them, good relationships. What kind of relationships are you talking just about? Just in general, like friendships. 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 Oh yeah, kind, most. I mean, like, most of my friendships are with cis people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, I have lots of gen- um, transgender friends, of course. But when I look at all my my friends, a lot of my friends are. I live in a world where it's the majority of people are cisgender, right? Quote so, unquote. <laughs> well, yes. Um. So most of my friends are cis women, mm-hmm. and. The cis black women in my life, you know, are very strong. And and the ones that I'm speaking that I always think about first are my mom and my sisters. They've always been for me. um, If they had disowned me, (laughs) um, I don't know where I would be today, particularly my mom. Like she's always been in my corner. Even when I first came out as a quote unquote gay man, Mm -hmm. she was the person who was always in my corner. And then when I came out as a as a transgender nonconforming person, still, you know, with my whole, whole feminine self. She bought me my very first black formal dress. Like, and I was 20 years old at the time. That's and amazing. When, and I still have this. I can't fit that dress anymore. Mm-hmm. But she, I still have this dress. And every now and then I try to squeeze into it because it, it, it feels like that, that garment. Almost just, like acceptance. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is. It's, yes, it's a, it's it's a symbol, a symbol of, mm-hmm. my, of my mother's acceptance of me, right? That's but, beautiful. Thank you. And, but I've also encountered, you know, black um, women who have seen me as somewhat of a threat. I remember one time I was living in New York City. I was studying, um, doing a study program. No, this was during the summer of before I turned 21. And my mom, we were, and I was staying in Harlem. And I was getting ready to go back to Providence. And my mom came to meet me and we were walking down the street. And I, just so you know, I sometimes pass, sometimes don't, but it's not that important to me. And that's especially when I was in undergrad and again, why I didn't quote unquote transition, even though people were encouraging me to, because they were like, oh, you're so pretty. If you do it now, no one will ever know. And I was like, what? Um, In this walking down the street this woman this black woman with dread i remember her like her whole aura Every, everything everything about you her. always remember <laughs> yeah. everything about that of me talk about i remember my narch nemesis from fifth grade todrick something something i'm like what <laughs> all right todrick well, let us catch you in the street now <laughs> so we're walking down the street and this woman big old like lots of dreads but it was like tied up in like some kind of you know those fabric that be up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was up and it was beautiful and i thought she was actually strikingly beautiful and as we were passing, she goes, you will never replace us. And I was like, but what? But I'm not trying to. <laughs> and thank God my mom was there. Because, you know, my mom is a, you know, she's a mama bear. And she was getting ready to, like, go off on this woman. Because I'm her baby at the end of the day. And I was, I had to pull my mom back. Because it wasn't about that. But I had to be strong for my mom in that mm-hmm. moment. Because my mom is not used to having to stick up for me in that kind of way. But I, because I lived that life, even though I was only 20, about to be 21 at the time, I... I end up having to be protective of the people who are around me mm. who also are like if they're because they're become like not 
not unwilling participant, but they are end up getting caught in the crossfire. So because she was defending me, I didn't want there to be some kind of all out fight. This is about me going home. But I still remember the way I felt in that moment of just being, um, you know, invalidated and also having to feel as though like I'm maybe putting my mom in danger or, you know, in my. But she just her whole thing was to say that to me. And that in in and of itself is violence. Right. And so because now you're just you're trying to just strip away my humanity by telling me. First of all, accusing me of something that I did not say I was about, I was out here to do. I was not out here trying to replace anybody or my best life, girl. You you know, took that a whole other way. Yes, and there she was, someone up until she spoke. Right, I was just like, oh, what a beautiful black woman. Right, (laughs) with her dreads, but I was somebody who she saw as a threat to black community. Wow. That shit is fucking insane. But I'm not going to lie. I've seen that. And you know, like you saw on the show, even for me, like I mentioned too, like walking with Dre, it was like, okay, am I prepared to deal with the ignorance that is everyone else? Am I prepared to fight for Dre? Am I, pre- am I prepared to start the read for filth? Are we going to do this to two on, crazy ass Geminis? <laughs> is that right. what's going to happen down this block? I'm a Gemini too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a, and that was definitely a process for me because do you remember, do you remember like um, oh, yeah. that loft, the loft apartment that we had like in 2010? It was fancy. So that was like nine years ago. Mm-hmm. That was about nine years ago. So for you, I know it's been an incredible journey, but I think that people often react in a certain way because of shame or trying to pull back because they too feel like there's impl- implications. And that's the thing about transphobia and homophobia in particular. It's that it's not about being fearful of gay people or being fearful of transgender people. That is not what it's about at all. It's about having an association with it. It's about being perceived as it, whether it's true or not. That's why, in fact, gay people are very, very capable of being homophobic. And I personally believe, depending on where you are on your journey, you can exhibit signs of transphobia as a person who identifies as a non-conforming person. So I think, you know, it's a process, but if you do it in the silence and the shame, it's something that's never, ever, ever, ever going to change. So earlier in the conversation, we were talking to Josh about like how his relationship has been with, you know, trans women and cis and cis women in particular. And he says that it was it was very, very different. Are there any things that you guys can speak to in particular that people wouldn't ordinarily be able to speak to because there's a nuance on your side, for example, Drea, as someone who has the trans experience, like you have to navigate this every day. Like you said, it's different when mom is around because it's like, oh shit, now she's here. Now this potentially becomes a different kind of situation, even though you've had to navigate it on your own. And then on your side, Josh, it's like, a lot of you, you, like you said, you may, you know, maybe a couple of men who experience trans, you know, love as well. But overall, you haven't been able to find people or have deep conversations that go beyond four walls. So is there anything like you guys can speak to around the nuances, more specifically when you hear a conversation like the one with Malik Yoba or you hear the one with like Carmen? Do you know Carmen's last name? Herrera? Yeah, the um, she's blonde, you know, whatever. Yeah, so Carmen in particular. I mean, no right. shade. I don't have. There's no, no shade, shade, but shade. I just no shade. I'm like, no shade, but shade. I mean, but, you know, for me, I just have a belief that there's just you know there's more to it than Carmen, and I feel like Malik used her as like the face and tried to like do things with her that that she should you know her experience is 
for me to me of of extreme privilege because of the way she looks and you know all the things that we've been talking about passing and then being very very uh light close to white you know what i mean wasn't so wasn't she on television also yeah so she's getting you know her experience is 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 very different from the majority of the trans experience so i just think sometimes those people kind of just need to sit down and let the other people that really know what's going on, you know, and again, it's it, her story is important to some extent, but I don't think she should be the poster child, especially when, you know, uh, there's people dying out here. I'm going to have to also agree with that as well. And that's the point that I'm trying to, you know, essentially make is that out of that interview, I got nothing. <laughs> Likewise. I got I got nothing. Yeah, me to, and Josh were just talking about yeah. Yeah, so I'm so like for you guys in particular, I think that it's just interesting that in this day and age we haven't had a lot of conversation, particularly about, you know, men who do love trans women in terms of like how do you navigate spaces and things like that. So do you guys like have any information, especially did you see the interview? I no, I know that's not I'm your not, you. I'm not totally up to speed with all of the Malik Yoba, but I, I I've caught, you know. Enough. <laughs> I know what's going on. Out there. And, so, yeah. so I'm gonna bring up one of the topics that mm-hmm. we were talking about as an example. So we were we, earlier when when Will and I were doing research and prep for the conversation, we did see an interview with Carmen and her fiance or her boyfriend or her husband. I'm not her husband. Her husband, her and her husband, and she mentioned that like, or he should I should say he mentioned that for him he is a heterosexual man, and for her he was like, and for her she was very much like, well, yeah. You know, I'm a, you know, a, a, like you said, a, a, a straight heterosexual woman, and he is that. So, you know, that's it. That's how we identify. Malik Yoba kind of echoed the same sentiment. Mm-hmm. And then when we were speaking with Josh, Josh was just like, you know, I embrace the fact that I have a, a different experience. I, I really have processed. And for me, I feel that I am a part of the queer community as loving someone who's a part of the queer community. You can expound. But I thought it was interesting because it proves your point that on both sides, it's not monolithic. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you guys can speak to about your journey that we don't normally get to hear? Did you want to, did you want to start? I know that was a crazy question. Yeah, I know lot, you were, but I'll you, let you start. Josh. Cool. I, I'm happy to. Um, and, you, and you described that correctly. I, I do in fact identify as queer as somebody who dates uh, people that uh, of the trans experience because they are in fact queer as, as well. Um, and, and again, you don't, you don't meet, a lot of men, especially black men, who would be comfortable with saying the same thing, although that is their truth. Um, and that's, again, what I was speaking on earlier, speaking to some of the gentlemen on my own journey um, that can identify, but only want to identify in secret. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm into that too, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like, into but that don't too. Don't tell nobody. Yeah, like, I'm into that too, bro, but shh. Don't tell my wife. Like, like, come on, bro. Um, so you wow. you see that a lot in this in this um, it's off putting, but but common, unfortunately. Um, but in regards to um speaking to something that isn't necessarily always spoken about, um, I think it is that whole dynamic of identifying as queer, or identifying as heterosexual, because it's like, what is heterosexual to you? You know what I mean? These particular gentlemen, it's like, I'm heterosexual, cisgender man. I like women. I'm like, well, what is heterosexual to you? What is homosexual to you? Like, what is trans to you? I haven't heard any of these guys get asked that. Like, I would have liked to hear Malik Yoba answer that question. You know what I mean? In that interview. Because um, 
I don't think they'd be able to. Yeah. I was just about to say, I don't think he would have offered anything than more than what he did. I must say that I, <clears throat> I do think this is a great start towards dismantling, you know, you know, hyper masculinity or I guess the term toxic masculinity. Because when I think about like when I was a, a member of the man club uh, <laughs> when, or where people didn't realize that there, a, there was a woman present, okay. right. an emergent Preach. woman present, Preach. the things that were being discussed and the things that I knew were like totally misogynistic and the things that I I thought was disgusting, but I could not really participate in those conversations, particularly as a kid. Men rear their boys, okay? And I'm speaking from the black men experience from and also for me, the Caribbean male experience of, you know, speak. There's a way that you start schooling your little boys from young around how this is how you treat women. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how you're supposed to like assert yourself. Right. Um, Be a beast. Yes. And then mm. come up and then come together as men and talk about your conquests. Right. And making sure that your little boys are around you so that they could hear that that this is how a man and that always did not feel right to me. Um, mm -hmm. I much preferred when I would walk down the street and my my mom was quite beautiful in my eyes and I definitely think to a lot of eyes out there when we were younger and she would get the cat, cat calls and boy was I so jealous of her and I and for me that young I thought that's what it meant to be a girl right <laughs> like mm -hmm. you walk and you're pretty you get cat calls and blah blah that is not how I feel now I get cat calls but it's not like I want it not all the time definitely not all the time but once in a while like yeah right. like, good morning Jess you better see this work I put yes, in exactly. <laughs> even though I, I woke up this way like, <laughs> like so this kind of conversation before I I got here, it was three men speaking at mics around um, men who I think all identify as cis men, right? Mm -hmm. And um, speaking about their journeys as black men and having to deal with what society is putting on them. That is a start of dismantling and, and doing the work that y'all needs to do. Y'all need to do without me in the room, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't know, like a transgender woman or women in general don't always need to be in the room exactly. for y'all to have that conversation. And I think that's a great thing to have to speak about, you know, interrogating what you're saying what is heterosexuality i can't really define that for any of you in this room right but we all have as pe as people have a general idea of what that is and i think it is important that we y'all have that conversation because to be honest one of the things that i've been struggling with recently again one of the most important things for me is my whole livelihood and 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 independence right and right now just like last that, oh shoot! It was this week? I was about to say last week, but it was just this week at the Supreme Court. You know, arguing around you know um, Title Seven around you know whether or not my I'm protected to have have a, a, a damn job, have a job. That's the stuff that I'm, I'm worried about right That's now. That's your okay? reality. That's my reality. So I can't also take on the emotional baggage of all of Black mankind, okay, mm -hmm. of Black masculinity and Black women in general, cis women in particular, have always had to do that for Black men mm -hmm. in, you know, in, you know, because of fixing whatever damages have been done to the Black male um, through the ages. Mm -hmm. That is important work to be done, but Black men can't always expect that as labor that mm -hmm. a woman has to do. And for, because a woman... What when I what I know about women is that the work that they do tend to really impact culture, culture. Um, not just themselves. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're yeah. like right. they are the whatever work they're doing is about community, mm -hmm. and so that's that is the kind of work that men need to do for themselves. But I also do think, um, particularly black cis women within that also can be of 
not putting shame on people who are, you know, discussing even things that might be taboo to them. Mm -hmm. Because, look, we're all raised in the same kind of, if speaking about black culture, more or less in the same kind of like, okay, this is what it what it mm-hmm. means to be in 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 black America, mm-hmm. right? But there is still women out there who will put shame on someone who is date who would be with a a a, a, a trans woman. I, I, I would right? say I would say a lot. A yes, lot. A lot. and and what. And what is that? Why is there no unity around mm-hmm. it? That is a conversation, yes, black, black cis women and trans women can have. But it's also, you know, not tearing down your men because then you can't tear your men down for then being in the closet. You just can't because if you're not going to be accepting of the fact that if they're coming out and being honest, you better preach <laughs> about preach. loving preach. trans women. You know That's what you so just true. told them? Go back into the closet. And if they're bisexual men who love, if they love men and women, because trans women are not men, okay. Let's just put that out there. If they out, if they're bisexual men, then you can, and they're you know also seeing men. Guess what? If you're not honoring that, that their they their fluidity and that gender mm-hmm. sexuality, sorry, sexuality can be fluid. You just told them to be in the closet and to and gave Stay them permission there. to right. lie to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I love that, that answer. And uh, you and this is what I'm saying like there is I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I see a parallel between what you're saying and I see that in your journey because you spent that time identifying as a gender nonconforming person. And it sounds like for you you had to work through what it actually meant to then identify fully as someone who doesn't necessarily I can have the experience of being a woman on the inside, Mm -hmm. but it's a totally different thing to express that on the outside. And now you're at a point where you're able to do that, but you respected the time Mm -hmm. that it took to get to that place or to experience what it meant to be a woman, no matter what that looked like on Mm -hmm. the outside or honoring that energy. And times are different now. I must say that in growing up, I was, I, sometimes I feel like I was before my time, (laughs) you know, that, or I came too quick because like, what is very, very beautiful about this present moment is that we have shows like Pose and we have, Hello. yes, mm-hmm. we just and about that. we have so much representation matters. Right. And so we have now people are presenting like all the different ways of being quote unquote trans. Even when Laverne Cox just started appearing in Orange is the New Black, I still think that and there was all of a sudden this transgender revolution. I was like, where's the revolution? She's one woman. Right. Uh, one trans woman does not a revolution make not in my not in not in my personally not with caitlin degree. jenner in the pot yeah well um Ugh. um <laughs> so and particularly since i was also an actor i'm an actor and you know going out for roles and you know at the time i was doing it more full-time than i am now people weren't checking for me as no transgender person right they were checking for uh a, a, as a gender non-conforming person they were looking for the laverne coxes the people who can be sensationalized right in in mm-hmm. in their eyes mm-hmm. so because oh my god here's someone she's done she's had surgeries she's taken the hormones at still at that time and that wasn't even so long ago i had done none of that i wasn't taking i literally started taking hormones and i and again this is not something i'm sharing this on a podcast right mm-hmm. but i just want to put that out there to men if men are listening to this <laughs> please don't Ask generally that of transgender women if you okay. if you're taking hormones if you've had surgeries and like if you have a penis or not this is not something you really want to like jump into right away especially if, if you're just meeting someone for the first mm-hmm. time but i'm sharing these because I'm, i yeah. agree to be on this podcast right so i 
couple couple thank years thank you ago. for sharing baby thank you <laughs> a couple years ago i started taking hormones and um i haven't had no surgeries and and but i do plan on getting top surgery soon right and and i have chosen that i will keep my penis um because i enjoy my penis right mm-hmm. um that's not where my dysphoria lies and mm-hmm. so every transgender women um and trans men too but i can't really speak to the trans men experience but i know where my trans my um gender dysphoria started coming for me was for me was a little bit associated with aging right so i started seeing a lot of different um changes within myself um body wise and just like even more facial hair growing in and i was like okay no 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 (laughs) we need to nip this in the butt Mm -hmm. um and so and we live in a time transgender people have always been around we're not like some kind of new novelty like oh my god ancient times yes we're talking revered like even in uh, native american cultures and the two-spirited people but we also now live in a time where we have science and technology and whatnot that can like help us experience live make our bodies and our minds align that's all that transgender people want is for our minds and our bodies to align just in the same way as anybody else who's going out there doing any mental work or physical work on their bodies are are doing for themselves it's the same for me it's the same thing and so allow me that space which also varies yes which also varies Mm -hmm. so allow me that space to figure out what that is for me and what kind of interventions i need to do to to have that alignment because again at the end of the day um josh you were talking about recently in a conversation that the life is long (laughs) it it is very long (laughs) right life is long life is long and it's it's a journey and people i don't think anything is linear right Mm -hmm. so there's certain there's always a step forward and a step back and like absolutely or two steps forward and one step Mm -hmm. back whatever trial and error trial and error and you're trying to figure out what it is for you to to live your best life and i'm still trying to figure out all of that right Mm -hmm. but i just want people to just get to get out of this that it's it's a journey for me too and i you're looking i feel as though people are sometimes looking for me looking to me to like you said you were to give the answers the encyclopedia i don't don't know and i'm not done with my journey yet so i'm still figuring this shit out yeah i love that and that's the thing about like the process for you that I just take note to is that you didn't rush to labels. I was just going to say that it seemed and, like you took really took your time with really discovering who you were. Cause especially now when there's so there's, I would say more language than before, you yeah. know, it's easy like, well, I'm this and I'm just going to go whew, right there. But it really seems like you even like just took the time to be like, I don't even know what's going on. I know that I'm different, you know, from it as a child, but let me figure that this, and I like the fact that you even took steps, like, you know, towards your journey. Yeah, well, I feel like I had to. I mean, and like you said, language. Language is always in evolution, right? Mm -hmm. So people are still now even becoming more comfortable with using them there and mm. and and they as as pronouns right for me when i first heard it even as a transgender person gender not conform, i was like what the hell is that like right. <laughs> you are one person but you can use they them there in the singular form right and so it took me a time to like finally adjust that and now saying they them there i don't use those as pronouns uh, per se sometimes i dabble with it because i think i'm I, i'm kind of playing with it because it's something not that you play with pronouns, but it's something that I've tried on to see whether or not they, them, they work for, for me. Yeah. But I pr- much more prefer the feminine pronouns, she, um, she, her, hers, right? And so those are what I use for my pronouns. But I can totally get hip to the point, hip to someone saying they're there because they're non-binary. I spent most of my uh, adult life as a gender non-conforming mm-hmm. person. So and, that would have made sense if mm-hmm. that was an option. Yeah, yeah. And people didn't think it made sense that I... And, 
for them and it, people were like no you should go by the feminine pro-. when i was still using the masculine pronouns dressed presenting as female people know you should be a he her hers and like but i didn't say that i wanted yes. to be that you why are you putting that on me because again because i was spending these were mostly during my 20s because i was living my life talking about well we're deconstructing gender why do i need to then say this is what it means to be a woman and i am the woman so i get to you know and if you don't fit in that box then you're not a woman like i always felt as though that i was that was a rub for me and Mm -hmm. and no and no amount of like patting my chest or you know even trying to change my voice would change that it was for me it's it's a continual journey and i remember like experiences of just like even going to bathrooms with friends and like i'm telling them please don't talk to me in the bathroom because when people because my voice is pretty deep and there are some women with voices that are much deeper than me but because my voice is where it rests um you know sometimes my girlfriends who are cis women in particular would start speaking to me and then women in bathroom why is there a man in the bathroom Especially if they said my name Andre at the time. And it would create this whole kind of like ruckus. And then they would have to say, oh, no, she's a girl. She's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And so but people are now getting more. And those are before the time of and this is in New York, too. Right. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. And this is before the bathroom bill was passed. And now we have the bathroom bill. And so (laughs) there's a little bit more security in navigating that space in new york city and which is great trans i just want to just let people know trans women have been out there fighting in the streets for their own rights for our own rights for a long time and the rights for other people who don't still who don't fight for our rights right yeah, but they benefit from yeah work. and benefit from our work so it's i really would love for people to just like really be able to do the work for themselves and also support transgender people Hallelujah. because they can be done simultaneously it can Walk be and chew gum. Okay. amen at right. the same time Amen. So Can like, so I think Dre, you did a really good job on, on hitting some of the items. Like one is having conversation amongst men about like what that means in that process, coming to terms with, with masculinity and femininity and all of these types of things so that we be more prepared mm-hmm. to be pre- being prepared to love trans women. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't identify those things, if you can't jump out of your box for the sake of saving yourself, how can you do that for somebody mm-hmm. else? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the remedy. But a big question that I had that I actually wrote down, I was like, we have to talk about this, is how do we close the gap? So there are, there are a lot of things. We see certain things happening. Millennials are leaving religion in unprecedented numbers in they terms are? of generation. Yes. I've never been there, so I don't know. Yes, but it's, <laughs> but it's true. She's like, well, where they been at? Because <laughs> I've been over here. <laughs> I know. I remember when I was younger, Donovan, um, I, you know, we kind of grew up in the same kind of church. But I remember in Jamaica, before I even came to the States, like being in Sunday school and being like, what is the hell is these people talking about? And like, remember even like Sunday school pe- teacher telling my mom that doesn't think Andre is paying attention. Cause I, for me, it was a Pentecostal, wasn't. it was a, I wasn't, it was a Pentecostal um, kind of church and the kind of church that, sorry, <laughs> your, your grandmother mm-hmm. is a part of is a Pentecostal church. And I always felt the teachings there was based on a lot of hate. And I, sense that facts for so much of my my upbringing that it was a place of pure hate that i just detested to go right mm. and being forced to go there and spend how long were there so sort of three like, to four oh, hours bitch i'm like why is this happening it used to kill me to death all the time kill what? me to death that's right that is a lot of motherfucking hours <laughs> I mean, we would be there from 11 o'clock in any morning until three o'clock in any afternoon and watching people roll around on the ground <laughs> and catching the holy ghost and the holy ghost never caught me and so i'm like 
and only catches the same Holy person. Ghost wasn't oh. for you, boo. Right. right. It's catching the same, the same person. The same person. person. I'm like, if y'all don't they stop. Are, they are holy and sanctified over there Baby. in Pew 3 out 5. Hot mess. Because they keep catching. They just had eight conversations with Jesus. Okay? Yes. Yes. So I always, and there were definitely moments of um, homophobic ser- sermons um, in that church, right? And I always used to say to myself, now this is some bullshit. Because I also would be in that church as a boy of the church, you know, a, yes, I was always wishing I was born a girl, but because I was a, was a boy saying I am gay and they're saying that I am going to burn, I'm going to die, my life is not valuable. If we can't break that down, we're, yes, we have like polls. I'm glad there's stuff like polls on TV, but so that that person who's sitting through that service can watch that show. But that person... That kid growing up probably have to watch Pose in Secret, right? Mm-hmm. So like in his room or at somebody else's house. And what does that mean? Like you're, you, it's it's a crime. I was disowned when I came out the closet and was never once welcomed back to with it within that the same Donovan and I are from the same family. But I never once after I came out at eighteen never stepped foot back in that. In Donovan's grandmother is I would say would be considered a matriarch of the family um, ever since I was eighteen. Or maybe even younger because, you know, whatever. She's a matriarch. And so that's where you'd go for all of the Thanksgiving dinners and the Christmas dinners and blah, blah, blah. But when you, this is what tax, this is what is toxic, right? Where I grew up in a domestically violent household where my father we used to beat my mom's ass, right? And the last time I saw him do that was in my presence anyway. Yeah, well, last time I saw him. Um, I was 14 and I pulled a knife and I cut him with a knife, right? And... Wow. He, to my knowledge, never hit my mom again because I think he saw that his children were growing up and were no longer going to tolerate. We coming to get you, motherfucker. To yeah, oh, I hated him since I was seven because that's when I started seeing him. I so and he likes to tell that you know my mom made us hate him, but no, boo, (laughs) you did that because I came when I was in Jamaica. I used to idolize him because again he was like here in the states and we were there and I just thought oh that's my dad I'm going to love him. Came to states and that all changed right after I was you know when I came here at seven. But this is hypocrisy at its finest. So my the man who's my father could beat my mom's ass, <laughs> right, on the regular and traumatize his children and still be accepted by the family. Andre comes out as gay. And the, co- the comments that I get is when I first came out, when I came out of the closet, Irvin said to me, if you're still in Jamaica, I'll have somebody kill you as a boy, right? And you, just so you know, you don't have no home to go home to. So at, at 18, I had no home. So like I missed periods of like my siblings upbringing. Right. And so like even with my youngest sister, there was a time when I would go home and be like, oh, God damn. <laughs> Bitch, you got a job already? Like, oh, this yeah, like, oh, my God. Um, and so. Yeah, I was disowned just for that. But here's this man beater who's totally accepted. And your mom, your grandmother never reached out to me. Your mom didn't reach out to me. Nobody else in the family never, ever reached out to me. Right. And so meanwhile, I'm saying to myself. I am not the only gay person in that family. If y'all only knew, right? <laughs> oh, if only you. But the Jamaican version, eh, 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 knew. Okay, eh, sorry. And even I don't know if you want. I could. This is a lot of family tea, but what? but anyways, or even hearing like conversations, I just come back. Like people were talking bad, so bad about me. Like, oh, we don't want Andre around because they'll make Donovan gay. And I'm like, Donovan is gayer than me, y'all. Like. <laughs> Donovan can't get no more gay. Right. Like, I don't know how y'all didn't see this. Child, like, he gets a beer up for my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I at the very least was trying to hide my feminine ways. Like, I was like, Donovan. 
people. <laughs> Not that all gay men are effeminate, right? But because there are even straight cis men who are effeminate, and that's right. just fat. But <sighs> like in the context of this conversation, familiar no, we, conversation, I, I, I was like, this boy is so gay. If y'all don't stop, he made me gay. Like, <laughs> right. so, but anyways, so that's that is what is toxic because they the whole family was participating in that kind of masculinity, right? And I remember right after I was disowned, my my father the man who's my father has uh, a twin brother they're fraternal twins and he called the twin called me uh um and not anything encouraging towards me what he called to speak to me about <laughs> was you shouldn't be doing this what if my brother um i want to drop my brother's name because i don't you know yeah um what if my brother turns out to be gay and i was like what so I apparently that I was supposed to be the one who was teaching him, my brother, around what it meant to be black. I mean, a, a, a man. But I'm like, that's not my job. Uh, first of all, uh, to teach my brother to be a man. Why don't Irvin teach him how to be a man? My father was the worst example of what being a man is supposed to be, in my in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So why not this? You know, getting putting that on him, and also you know saying to him, you know, beating women is wrong, and why wasn't he put aside from the family and whatnot? But here I am at 18 years old with no family. My family became my friends whose homes I would go to during the holidays. Mm-hmm. That's, and then the women of the family participating in that kind of activity, um, because I'm sure if they said, no, 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 you can't do that to Andre. Andre's a part of this family. Andre can come home. I'm sure I probably would have been in that house and you could do nothing. There's nothing he would be able to do about that. But they condone that. And it said to me that I was worthless and not, and particularly at that age, um, you're not welcome. And so for me, that family was a wrap for me and, and not a space of joy. And so I think talking about that family because it was it's so tied up with religion, a very toxic brand of religion in my opinion, it's what's hold. It's emblematic of what is holding back. I think a lot of black households. Yeah. So to hear that millennials are leaving religion in droves, I'm like, hey man. Okay. Listen, it's true, and you know, I can't. You know, I gotta just jump in there a little bit because I got the whole "you should be dead" thing too. Um, when I had my little incident, but I would say like it's. I would say that it's true. Um, like religion especially when you get into creepiness but they just like that the bible belt all of that they mm-hmm. i've heard the same type of you know experience where your family would be like yeah you 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 gotta go because you you we would we, we reduce you to the bedroom that's mm-hmm. all that's all we know how to do mm-hmm. you like a dick you're not supposed to like dick you should not be you shouldn't and you shouldn't want to be a woman and i think that is why the conversations with cis women mm-hmm. has to continue to unfold mm-hmm. because that level that patriarchy that level of yeah we are women we are supposed to be subservient we shouldn't it is worse to be gay mm-hmm. than it is to be a woman beater yeah. it is worse to be to like men and and want to be feminine than it is to be toxically masculine mm-hmm. and these are the kind of things where i don't know i guess i guess you know in a black household who they put god well their version of god above mm-hmm. everything else th- this is the result of it mm-hmm. This is a result of it. So, I mean, I agree 100%. And to know that millennials are actually leaving the church in droves says to me that people are fed up in one way or the other. Gen Zs don't relate to heterosexuality the way that millennials even do. So Gen Zs are way more 
gender non-conforming. They're way more like, yeah, I'm not with that hetero shit. And I would imagine that probably with Gen Alpha, we'll experience even, you know, num- more numbers that reflect people's need to, d- to identify something other than heterosexual. Do you think that's because it's trendy? Mm. What? What do you think? I, I feel like at this point, um, the media has made being gay or being a part of the LGBT community in general trendy. Yeah. That's kind of how it feels. And so a lot of these uh, newer, newer kids, younger kids, they jumping on the bandwagon more so than they coming out and being themselves oh wow i i would agree somewhat with that however i do think in something becoming trendy that is allowing some form of exploration right that otherwise would not be there um and as you were speaking i was actually smiling because Not to put all my whole business out in the street, but you know, like I have my little Tinder thing and I have my little okay Cupid thing. Okay Cupid is about two months old, three months old. Christian and Mingle. <laughs> for me. Oh, okay, Christian Mingle. I've Christian never been Mingle. Uh, Christian uh-huh. Mingles? Nah. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm not I'm not I'm not on that boat yet. Um, but one of the things that I've found is that I am thirty six years old. Okay. I'm I'm comfortable with my age. I I, I you know, I feel like I'm not, but I actually am very fine with being 36. I feel like I get better. Don't look at- a day over 24. Freak. Come on, come on, curls. Yes, I'm fabulous. Come on, skin. I moisturize every day. Um, but one of the things right <laughs> I realized that I've on these apps, most of the people that are hitting me up are people who are between the ages of 18 yeah, and girl. 26. Yeah, girl. And they are, and on my Tinder profile and on my, okay, you, I, w- the first thing I put out there is that I'm trans. Because one of the things I must say, though, and I get swiped right on by a lot of men, right? And it, the full range of ages. But it's always, but I, what I've realized is that people don't really read my bio because they see a hot chick and they're like, swipe right. And then they're like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, did you read my bio? <laughs> <laughs> right. Please go back and read my bio. Please I don't go back got and no time read my for bio, games. right? Because, and I want to bring, I'm bringing this up because this conversation is about loving trans women. And I want to, you know, but I do think that the younger people, it's like, it doesn't phase them at all. They're like, yeah, I see that. And then, and they're talking about, and then they, and sometimes, you know, because we're Tinder and those are hookup sites. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. Relationships can get out. Mm -hmm. I say it. They're like, oh, get me. I had to. Damn. I had to okay. pretend it like I'm gonna find love on Jack yeah. because it wasn't happening. It wasn't. Jack ha- was designed to help people find marriage. I don't know what y'all talking about. No. Exactly, exactly, y'all. I don't know what y'all talking Fuck about. Soulmates they are being found on Grinder <laughs> every day, every three seconds. <laughs> someone is finding love. Listen, oh my god, stop the madness! But I had to. What I've realized <laughs> is, yes, everybody swipes right on and without really reading bios. But I realized that the younger generation, they do some, they, when they read it and they're totally with it, they totally get it. And early on, I said, yes, because it's sometimes transactional, people do want to know whether or not you have a penis or not. And again, there are some trans women, their dysphoria is not around their penis. I happen to be one of those women. So I have my penis and there are trans women who that's their dysphoria is about having that thing that reminds them every day that, yeah. oh my God, I'm a, I'm a, this is what makes society thinks I'm a man. I don't like it, right? And if it's not something you like, 
it's their do. body they can mm-hmm. do as they please right and that makes them more in fact it was uh, one of the episodes on um that was one of the storylines on on polls right with with dominique's character with electra's character right because the guy was like he thought he had ownership of her body Mm -hmm. and he wanted her to have a penis she was like yeah and that's yeah and that's part of the fetishization right right there like he just wants for him if he's going to be with a trans woman she has to have a penis Mm -hmm. right otherwise he could just be with a cis woman so like she in that for them for that person when electra removed her penis which is her own choice to make her whole it was like for him a total dismantling of like what it what it is that he his propped fantasy. is fantasy right. of her right so he just threw her away so there was no love there yeah that Fact. was love of an image of what a transgender woman is mm-hmm. what i'm experiencing with the younger generation is that they are they seem to be much more fluid they are sexual sexually right and they are willing to meet you where you are and i have to say this i remember when i first you know when i was visit when i was living in new york this was when i was 20 i was studying in new york and i was living at the 92nd street why to just show you how able how people are able to like really kids are really able to like catch on really quick my sister brianna brianna is fierce okay fierce yes. howard yes. okay just graduated you know them girls you know <laughs> oh girls. that's you the know. one that she was like <laughs> yeah she was like meek and mild and she came up beat and beat for yes. your life yes <laughs> she just graduated from howard in may y'all just hey brie hey, um yes and i remember um she was how old was brianna at the time she was five or something anyway she was always a fashionista right in her own right and she had not seen me in a long time again i was disowned and I was thinking the 92nd Street why she was coming to visit me. And it was her, my mom, and I think Tara was coming at the time. And she sees me outside of the 92nd Street Y. And in the rain, no less, right? Brianna had on her shades, these like matching like raincoat and something else. And I, she did not see this fact. I was fat. I had long braids and blah, blah. My face was beat. She had never seen me that way. So she, the, all while she's walking up, she did not realize that was me. And <laughs> she gets closer. My mom is like looking and smiling. Like she's like wondering how Brianna's going to respond like, to what's this. Gonna happen? What's going to happen? And my sister, and then they stop in front of me and Brianna still is like, whatever, what's going on? She doesn't know what's going on. And then I go, hi, Brianna. And she goes, and she literally did, you know, that glasses flip down. She didn't take off her glasses. <laughs> like, I was, <laughs> she did the glasses. She had to look over yeah, she went, yeah, she pulled the glasses down like, mad loud like people were looking at me and, and i was like Shh, it's all right i'll tell you upstairs i'll tell you upstairs and you know checking into 92nd street why to even go into the residences it's like a process right mm-hmm. to check them in blah blah and so the whole time she's just staring at me like at this point she's taking off her glasses but she was just looking at me like uh, I know y'all can't see this on the radio. <laughs> it's like those big eyes, yeah, the dark, exactly. We're getting even into the elevator, and she's still staring at me. Go to the front of the door, and I open the door, and as a minute I walk into the into my little dorm room. So why are you dressed like a girl? I say, Brianna, because this is who I am. This is what makes me um, happy. You know, just explain it to her in the, in the ways that. You know what she said to me. Okay. That was it. Yeah. Wow. She got it. <laughs> and 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 it was never a question. And even when I and then when I'm changing my name, she, you know, today she's one of the first people to get it. Like, yeah, Drea. Like, okay, great. Okay, cool. 
I call you this she, her, me. hers. And of course, you know, people slip. My mom still does it every now and then. I actually sometimes do it sometimes. I'm so used to like, oh, I remember I called myself Andre recently. And I was like, wait, what? Who the you hell is he? You better stay over there. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. Andre so, who? Huh? But, you know, people are respectful of the of who I have become. Mm-hmm. And that is what I, I love. And so, yes, I hear the point that it could become trendy because sometimes I wonder about that. But I do think that the generations, the younger generation are getting, are changing. And it's because of the work I think that mm-hmm. we've been doing, particularly black trans mm-hmm. people have been doing in the movement, black queer people have been mm-hmm. doing in the movement to to create this kind of um, this, this shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also with like, you know, the internet and social media, there's a lot more access to information. So even having, you know, someone on the, uh, YouTube or Instagram um, sharing their experience as a trans woman or a transgender person is you know to be able to have that direct access like i can you can literally go online and find out about any type of person you want on the internet so they do have the benefit of that you know because i would say you know back in the day it was kind of like us in our own little bubbles trying to figure out shit on our own watching noah's ark in the dark right having like you know because again (laughs) i think that access to the information is also there too so you have that coupled with you know people standing in their truth and deciding to be visible and you know utilize that these different platforms to be able to get that type of information out there to people who need to hear it wouldn't it be really really fucking super cool if there maybe there there um is an organization but if there were like a maybe a social space where men who are you know a part of the trans community who are who identify as cisgender but i say a part of the trans community in that you love trans women or you are uh, or a part of the or women who love cis women who love trans men you know wouldn't it be great to have like a place that exists we have this big digital world and that's how 60 percent of us get connected for relationships now mm-hmm. yeah. so wouldn't it be fabulous if we had something like that i'm not trying to give anybody any ideas but it's i am Okay. At the end of the day, because like you talking about more like sex apps or like no, not sex apps, but just like (laughs) no, 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 not like like Tinder. Like you're not talking about like Tinder stuff, right? Mm -mm, No, I'm not talking about Tinder. But you know how like there are podcast meetups or not not to compare this to to a podcast having like to like liking podcasts, but in an interest or in something where you want to continue dialogue. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, is like Will and I, we love to do this kind of work. We're very, very curious by nature, and at the same time, we know that the, the the future looks very very bleak if we don't start liberating people if we do not allow people to live their full lives because the fact of the matter is is that if you're a young person and you've been impacted by amigos who wear blouses and you've been impacted by all of the you know little nas x who is a you know a famous person of laverne cox and you have these examples and it means a lot to you yeah that trickles down that trickles down image wise so you may get a boyfriend and post your boyfriend up on you know online and whatever 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 but what about the deep shit like what about the stuff that has to do with you know getting turned away by the family mm-hmm. or having to deal with re- religiosity that is still rampant in many many places in America and all fighting the for world. your rights literally fighting and for your, your rights Be- and your life yeah because like you said it's happening right now where people are literally deliberating around people's humanity and the and the access to make a living the, the, the access to live a fruitful life it comes down to somebody and their ideologies. So we have to break that down. And I'm interested to to be a part of it. Right. But I feel like no one can do it better than Josh. No one can explain Josh's point of view better than Josh. And then no one and then other people can explore the, you know, the non monolithic. Mm-hmm ways of being anything. Right. Or yeah, identifying it has to start as somewhere. Anything. It has to start somewhere. So, I mean. 
Well, this, I, is, this is that space. I mean, a similar, I mean, just this having this conversation is a, is is a is a start, right? Well, the, well, the comment section will be the the space for yeah. those people. Mm-hmm. You know so what I'm saying? Expound. This is the space yeah. for us to have the conversation, yeah. and then they go in the comment section and have their conversations mm-hmm. and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you know, this inspired me to speak my truth yeah. to 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 my peers and family." You know, whatever the case may yeah. be. I don't. But I, um, oh no, go but ahead. definitely make sure that because one of the things that I don't. I see a lot in these in even in the common space and whatnot it's like people start attacking each other even attacking the people oh she's not saying that right as the trans representative or the, blah blah right boom <laughs> i am the one right. transgender person in the room right and, and there's I'm, a spectrum and there's a spectrum and so allowing space for people to use these kind of space to learn more about themselves learn how to you you know, use the language mm-hmm. and use further language. the language in describing their their lived experiences. One of the things I know when I was coming up as a transgender, there was no damn language. The language is or boy girl. Yes, and so it became like, how do I speak about this experience? So some things will come out would be dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> when I think back at it. But it was me working through my own like mm-hmm. the languages, the language that I already know. And then if I if there's, and if there's language that I've already picked up mm-hmm. because I'm doing that work right. and I start using it and you don't understand what I'm talking about, like giving people like room yeah, mm-hmm. to I grow. Think, I think uh, we talked mm-hmm. about this before. Mm-hmm. Something that we love to, uh, you know, talk about in Nobody's Office being a, we all are beings in this universe and we're all vibrating and energy is being shared and exchanged. Uh, but you really have to. Oh, what the fuck was I going to say? I forgot. You had a brain fart, brother. I sure did. It's okay. Right. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody. Oh, about oh no! I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember. Um, um, similar to what you're saying is, you have to uh, be a student and a teacher at the same time, because it's like there are some points where you have to be an advocate. And you have to be able to teach people to understand. But there's also times where you have to be able to step out the room. I'm looking at uh, Andrea, Drea, um, that you might have to step out the room and let these motherfuckers handle it on their own, but then step in and be a teacher when you need to be. And they're like, oh, y'all can, ha- nah, you know, and vice versa. And I think it's a, 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 an exchange of, again, being a student and a teacher in the space that you exist and, and uh, leaving a room for both to happen at the same time. You know, that's a question that I actually want to pick up on because the, in the Breakfast Club interview in particular, there came a time when, like, for example, DJ Envy was asking questions to Malik Yoba. And it was, by all accounts, ignorant, right? So there were questions around, well, so so when did you know? Like, when did you know that you were a trans woman? And he's like, well, when did you know that you were a regular? You know, the, the, the gay man responded, that, well, well, when did you know that you weren't? And, and I also am on a show where sometimes you get, like, very, like, well, shut up. Like, did, how did you get here? Like, why didn't you do that work? Do you feel that there is an obligation for trans women or people who have the trans experience to take the time to educate do you feel like it's more like will said where it is a balance of extending and then saying no you got to do that on your own and then what do you say to people who in my opinion i feel like they went after dj envy very very hard i feel like the way that they were kind of like you don't have a reference for that but it is that example of when did you know and they were like well when did you know and i felt like Gaslighting for somebody. Yeah, I just well, if I would imagine that it would feel like that on both ends in a kind of way, because mm-hmm. as someone who is like, well, I'm not in the community, I want to know more about it, but I don't know how how to ask, when to ask, if right. I'm allowed to ask. Is there an approach that you would say 
And even for you too, Josh, is there approach in the way that somebody will come to you to, to talk to you more about your experience just as an option to, to get to know more about right. the community? Because like similarly, because you were, we were talking about this idea of people not feeling comfortable enough to even ask the, you know, we go back to there's no such thing as a dumb question, but then and a lot, a lot of times in these conversations where you're dealing with ex- experts or people who are like sharing an experience, there is that level of like, well, you should kind of already know this. So that is a stupid question. So I, w- I would think that there are a lot of people who are afraid to ask certain questions or are even afraid to have certain com- conversations because of like the political, co- the political correctness of it all or not wanting to sound ignorant or say, you know, some or offend, you know. So like you said, is there room for people to be ignorant and ask those questions? Because if you really break it down and someone who really doesn't know, but they have a platform like the ble- the breakfast club to want to have this conversation. I, like, can they ask an ignorant question? Like, can they ask, like, when did you start taking hormones? Can they ask these things? Because if it is, you know, rooted in them, like really wanting to understand and, and be knowledgeable and, and embrace the experience for what it is, like where does the, where are the boundaries yeah, to those type of conversations? That's the thing that's hard to differentiate is intention. And so that's where it's like, it's hard to answer that question should they be able to ask the ignorant question right it's it's hard to answer that um i personally think yes i think that they should be able to ask those questions because even though it comes off as ignorant um it's nothing wrong with being ignorant if you're looking for the information Mm -hmm. you feel me and and if their intentions are ill and asking it, like maybe they just asking that question for ratings because they know that, you know, people will be like, ooh, we asked that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if they are, the information will still get put out there. People will still get to hear the story. So yeah. the point may come across regardless. Um, and so with that being said, I think the questions should be asked because a conversation is being had. I'd rather the conversation be had than not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I feel on that. I, I don't think DJ Envy's questions were bad. They were ignorant by dictionary definition because he right. didn't know. He, he didn't, didn't know. know. Yeah. He didn't know. And I think sometimes it's important, you know, especially when you're having these conversations or you want to, again, be an expert or share your experience. There is a level of, you know, just kind of vulnerability that you have to have a little bit more openness and a little bit more empathetic and be willing to kind of have the awkward conversations, you know, even when, you know, we're talking about sexuality and stuff like that, like, you know, we're kind of caught in these very, like, again, to your point, Drea, like man, woman, you know, and then it's like, okay, now once we get past that, it's like, there's other questions and other things that I like, you know, do you have your penis? Can I ask that? Like, you know, because, we're all trying to figure out what we like all at the same time and what everything means to us. So it's like you have to be willing to have the awkward conversations, especially if you believe in pushing forward and you want something bigger than just the moment at itself. I definitely believe. <clears throat> yes, you could definitely ask questions, but there are definitely some questions that someone tells you, don't ask me that. <laughs> so what would you them. say are like some uh, like offense? Does, does even that question, do you have a penis? Why do you need to know? Are you sleeping with me? Like the only person who can really ask me if I have my penis is is with someone who I'm negotiating, whatever it is. And you've reached what, that point. Reached that right. point, whether or not. You don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, Drea, you know, I speak, because my degree is in gender and sexuality, and I, I make it a public thing. Like, fine, we could have that discussion. But for the most part, people don't want to be asked, do you have a penis? 
what's going on that's none of your damn business between that's between me my lover and my doctor Mm -hmm. like that doesn't so those kind of questions i think can be very offensive Mm -hmm. and again like speaking to intent that's definitely a part of it and i i do think if someone is putting themselves out there to be interviewed you know sometimes there are people who like don't ask me they'll list the kind of questions that they're not Mm -hmm. comfortable with i know like me speaking about my penis i know trans women who will never be comfortable speaking about that in a public forum because that's Mm -hmm. not so you can't think that everybody's supposed to be there to like answer your questions right, right? use the google for, and it's a very like you said it's varied for. experience it's, it's a varied experience, experience. and so respecting people's because people have different boundaries mm-hmm. right not that they're closed off but you have to respect people's boundaries and where they are and like one of the things like it hasn't come up yet in this conversation mm-hmm. but like yes or maybe like a little bit where you know trans women yes we're fighting for our lives but in a part because this conversation is about loving black uh, cis men loving black trans women or is that the whole is that it sure. right i mean it's uh, part it's definitely part of it or black or men loving trans women yeah we black women black trans women are being murdered right at very uh what is being considered an epidemic rate right now right right, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. and we how and who are killing trans black women it's black cis men okay <laughs> like if you look at who's murdering us it's black yeah. cis men so these so then i need to ask the question of black cis men why y'all killing us mm-hmm. please answer that question right so yeah. and bec- and I, the response sometimes it can feel accusatory and like they're being attacked right so how do you think we feel <laughs> <laughs> when it's always You're all actually being attacked exactly actually being attacked. <laughs> literally literally being attacked like i li- recently um took up boxing um three months ago because like i have this fear that i could become one of the next hashtags right and at least if i'm going to go down i'm going to go down fighting i'm going to at least get your dna underneath my nails or something like <laughs> or right. we're going to be boxing so um i have to take my own safety into consideration but at all times mm-hmm. um where am i walking through like wh- this is something women have always had to do mm-hmm. cis women and trans women um but particularly as a trans person <clears throat> putting yourself out there in the streets and feeling so like people have unprecedented access to your body for me as a trans woman we i feel so like i have to put up very 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 clear boundaries because then because my boundaries are oftentimes pushed aside so and it feels so like it's not being respected so to be pulled on and be like from outside for people demanding you know to, to know, know to know things from me it becomes evasive and it becomes like it becomes it bec- the question it becomes weaponized mm-hmm. and it becomes like you're supposed to definitely get because of your trans and you're less than you're and you're the one who's oppressed you need to answer the question because you wanted help don't you and you want you want this support right you want the support right? you want you explain it to me because i gotta right. see if i agree with who yeah. you are so okay it becomes like a tit so, for tat. so i could think about helping so you make a out. list yeah yeah <laughs> so it becomes like a tit for tat and that kind of thing that. i don't appreciate because mm-hmm. like i've made my boundaries very That's clear very and good, yeah. and i might be and maybe willing to answer the question right now but maybe three hours later i will not be in the headspace for all of that mm-hmm. like emotional work there are people who are consultants who make thousands of dollars okay to work yeah. to go to companies and talk to them about their racial bullshit that's going on i'm a i don't speak on curses uh <laughs> <laughs> to speak through their racist um stuff right and and they make thousands of dollars but people over and over again think that trans women are supposed to just give them that education for free right <laughs> like that 
when you're telling us that we can't even find employment because they might be taken away from us, but we're supposed to give you all these resources for free, right. that becomes insulting to me. So that's where I think a lot of the hesitation from even some black or from Trump, some trans people would be in like always being accessible mm-hmm. and willing to give you the answers that you need because literally there's so much work that's already been done that you could start Googling that you could start having conversations and then start developing real relationships mm-hmm. with people. And then we can have like you, I know everybody in this room for in some way before sitting down in this right. space. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, we've established a, a baseline of trust to say that I'm about to go into a room full of strangers Right, right. Um, like the little Nas X thing, where like he was only with uh, what's that guy? Kevin Hart. Man, Kevin Hart. Yeah, those those Nobody people. Nobody did to help him. Exactly. That conversation. It's like yeah. Then you're 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 putting all of that on one person. It becomes I've been in those situations, and it becomes the the mm-hmm. feeling of heat that runs through my entire body. Mm-hmm. Like I want to just burst and maybe punch somebody in the face. Like that is not a space that's welcoming to me. Right. I, I never want to be in a space where like I feel as though like I'm debating and my you're not going to get humanity. good results. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a cuss out, okay? <laughs> and that's not what we're—at least not what I'm trying to do. Right. So that sounds like the group answer for that is for your ass to get on the Google, to do some research before you even get into right. conversation and have some intention Please behind thank it. You. Because the intention definitely does matter. And if you set the intention by saying, "Well, I did some work, and right. here I am to extend that," that looks a lot better than saying, "Hey, so what? It, uh, right. uh, I just got up, and I—you know—that's totally different." Mm-hmm. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Boom. Yes. Um. So basically for you guys, like, how do people, like, keep up with your work and moving forward, especially now we're, we're coming towards the end of the year, we're all looking for, forward to the new year and having more conversations like this. What is it that you guys are seriously about? What are you working on? What do you want people to know? Because we're about to close out the show after this wonderful conversation. All right, ladies first then. Um, so, so I am, as you know, I'm an actress. Um, and I'm one of the, and also work in the nonprofit realm, fundraising and all that. I'm an advocate mainly in, um, you know, in the equality space. And, but right now I'm working on a web series called Hotline. And I'm not a producer. And so I can't really give you any of the information when that will be out. But we are currently filming. So look out for that and you could follow um, Hotline Series at um, on Instagram and, and Twitter, Hotline Series, at Hotline Series. Um, I play a transgender person. It's kind of like the, the, the setup of the show is kind of like how to get away with murder. Hey. Um, so it's not like the... Did you I, kill I, anybody? I did not. I'm killed. Oh, oh you're killed. I, I, oh, I, no. She is the victim. Yes, I am the most beautiful killed person ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, um, but it's a... It's, it's a it's a mystery and it, it it seems as though i was may have been killed by my sister and but you'll have to like go through the whole mm-hmm. season of see if that's what really happened okay. and my sister like it's not the, like what i love about this project it's um it's being it's a mainly woman of color mainly black the um the writer's a black woman mm-hmm. um jasmine um the uh, a lot of the the the, the directors and the main director is a man but most of the a cis man, I believe. Um, but most of the people there is very queer, mm-hmm. um, main, mostly black. And it, I love that. And it's not about sex workers and, and, and whatnot. We are, you know, that, that 
transgender um, who work in sex work is not valid because right. that is a valid ex- right. um, but there are um, other but there stories. are other stories that can be told yes. and so she's the main character who's another trans woman is telling her story of um, leaving a bad background and becoming a lawyer a very mm-hmm. successful lawyer and then my character her younger sister um, comes back to her present and is like oh no uh, like so my character is bringing her past to her present and it's like a no-go but i end my character ends up getting killed and it looks like she did it and so it's the mystery is to figure out who done Ooh, done it who done done i can't wait to see that, that. yeah so that would yes. be fun and because you know how to how to get away with murders going off air this is the last i know season. so we need yeah. something so we got something else spin-off yes and Josh, let's tell us all about your wonderful endeavors and what you're doing and how we can find you. I'm happy to. I'm happy to. So um, currently I'm working on a brand that I just created um, as of April. Um, I created it on my birthday, Aries Nation. Hey. Shout out to all the Aries. I love Shout Aries. Shout out to all the Geminis Aries. love Aries. Oh, we do? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Y'all do. My, oh, my son's mom is a Gemini. Y'all love us. Yeah, it's a thing. It's, <laughs> a, thing. it's a thing. It's a thing. But um, I'm working on the brand. Uh, the brand is called Growing Every Moment. Um, it's a streetwear Gem. brand. Yeah, it's Gem Flow. It's how it's uh, stylized from time to time. So please shop with me. But uh, it's an advocacy for growth through garments, just encouraging the youth to grow up emotionally, mentally, not just physically. Uh, mm. It's time to step up, you know, and, 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 and inform ourselves. This knowledge is out here and people are running from it. I don't understand why they don't want the knowledge, but it's there. And so. Um, it's just encouraging people to get all of the understanding that they possibly can in this life mm-hmm. um, while they can right. grow up because we grow in every moment. Um, and I mean, not only is that just a fact as time goes on, we are in fact growing, but it's to be intentional with our growth, too. Yes, um, I love that. And so, yeah, advocating for that and then also hoping to continue this conversation because it's important to me. Mm-hmm trans people and lgbt people in general are important to me i'm a part of that community and i want this this conversation to grow much larger than this room you know what i mean it's important it will it's important and so i'm going to keep doing that as well so you guys can find me at king of the swipe on instagram and facebook yes and so i have one more little final question for our two amazing guests um and you can go in either order but i just want to know like what's something like some like just good piece of vital information that you've learned throughout your journey that you can pass on to a little you. One thing that I can say has been really important in my growth personally is learning not to take everything personal. Everything is impersonal. Sometimes people are upset at this situation and not at you and realizing that has helped me kind of navigate through a lot of situations that could have been negative, you know, um, oftentimes we take things personally and internalize things. And then, you know, a conversation turns into a conflict. Start manifesting mm-hmm. a Petri dish of negative emotions, as we always yeah. say. And so a lot of times you got to step outside of yourself to try to understand what a person is saying. We talked about empathy. Earlier. Empathy. It's so important. And, uh, when I learned how to utilize empathy, um, I noticed that navigating this journey got a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <clears throat> for me, and before I answer, um, if you want to find me personally outside of Hotline at Drea St. Clair um, on, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but for me, recently, my first, my my mind went immediately to the this viral post that went around recently of this black couple what they taught this mantra that they taught their little kid who was three years old Hmm. i don't know if y'all heard of it (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh, where it's they taught their kid 
you know, to say I am smart. I am wait what I am blessed I can I can be anything I want mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. and I I someone who grew up and I know particularly because there were no representation of me that um, was out there I don't think I had the highest I project confidence more more so than I out have of survival yes right more so than I have the best confidence mm-hmm. right and so I would love to say to my younger self that same mantra and to keep saying that and until you believe it until it's part of your core but also that everything will be okay and you know take it easy and and love yourself um and not you know again just like josh don't don't take it too personal Mm -hmm. so because i took a lot of things personal and i look back i'm like none of those things would have killed me Mm -hmm. right (laughs) okay so like and they were just experiences and learning and you know Mm. Just, just don't be as hard on yourself as you were. Yeah, like everything is always hindsight is twenty uh, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. But I look back at some of the decision, life decisions that I've made, and how much of that was made out of fear, um, and wishing you can never go back. You could always go f- only go forward. Mm-hmm. But knowing how much um, some of my decisions were made out of insecurity and fear, and wanting wishing I could tell my younger self to rid yourself of that. Right, mm-hmm. I love that. I think. I've also like even uh, from this conversation particularly, which I, what I love is that I'm learning more and more that we have to make room. You know that there are this. We talk about the spectrum, the black spectrum, the queer spectrum, the black gay queer spectrum. It's like there's so much of it. You know, so to think of that, it's only this, only in these couple of boxes, and this is now why we got QI. I pl- all because it's never and it's never gonna stop. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I just feel like and we just have yeah, to. The plus, continue. I'm still trying to understand. What's the plus? And I, I think now it's just like if yeah, you if, if it's I mean, not if you know, it's not yet named. If it's not <laughs> okay, we have space for you. Exactly. Right. And Addition, think, and it's I, like a etc. Right. Da, 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 da. And okay. I think that's for me. I'm just learning is one of the most important things as we, you know try to navigate these boxes that we're put in because you know societally the structure is it that we have to be in these boxes to some degree in order to survive you know what i mean so it's kind of like knowing that and then playing leveraging that the best way you can and i think the more we allow room you know the more we allow um, men to express their sexuality in all of the variations of it the more that black women can become more understanding to and vice versa you know the needs of what we all need and and making more room and not saying oh i don't know that because you gay because you like you know it's just so many so many many things that you know are involved in it and i think for me the the basis again with this conversation is just to make room and at least try to make a little bit more room yeah and and you know what i'd like to say is that you know you mentioned josh you mentioned um intersection you mentioned the words navigation and you, you mentioned intersection as well, Drea. And I think when you think about intersection, it's like you get to a point so that you can choose to right. go this way or this way, depending on where you want to go. And when you have people who lie at intersections, this means that they have intel. They mm-hmm. have a special view. They, have, they, they can fill in the gaps. Right. You know, and if you want a better life, you have to be for trans 
liberation mm -hmm. if you want a better life it you works. have to make room mm -hmm. for men women non-gender conforming whoever to love freely it's part of all of our liberation it's a part of your liberation as well because if we live in a place where we refuse to see people they will do things to make sure that you indeed do see them mm -hmm. whether that means the person who is trans attracted or loves trans women who will then harm that woman because that's what it looks like that's mm -hmm. what it looks like when shame is on you. It looks like you being homophobic and you're the biggest gayest person in the room, right? That's what that looks like and it's violent. It's violent to yourself and it's violent to everyone else. So if we are looking for this world where everyone's peaceful, if we can sit by and we can judge somebody like Trump who doesn't care about black people, but then also amongst ourselves not care about black people. Right. Because <laughs> we show up I a certain the kind of way. You cannot make that make sense no matter how much you try. Make that make sense. Nope. Because if anything, that what we've been, what we've proven to be missing is deep-rooted tradition and 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 being tethered to um, true liberation and mm -hmm. true freedom. You know, we've mm -hmm. seen examples of that when Harriet Tubman says that I could have freed so many people if they knew that they were slaves. You know what I'm saying? What can you do when pe when your back is against the wall and people are not willing to see you? Fuck those people. Mm -hmm. But this fighting. podcast is particularly for those people who are on the fence, for those people who are looking to make more room for their own selves. It is up to you right now to make the decision to see yourself fully so that you can see your, see other people fully. But if you have to fake it till you make it, believe me, you need to be very, very vested in the liberation of other people. If you want to see a world that would actually pick up, you know, the burden of having a shitty, shitty place where we don't care about certain people because of the way that they look, their color, their gender, their creed, whatever it is, we hold, you mm -hmm. know, we hold the keys to that particular lock. And, you know, I hope that whoever listens to this will share it and will be able to talk to somebody or speak to someone of the trans experience, open up doors to people who are who are not like you. Mm -hmm. Because that is the only way that we're going to have some level of safety, mm -hmm. some level of just feeling that there's a future to look towards, right? Especially if you get into the news cycle. It looks like we ain't even got a lot of time. Yeah. It's no motherfucker. It's running right. out. You know, so in, in general, I just think like if we want to have better lives, we have to decide to take ownership that in your silence and your lack of advocacy, you're saying a lot and you're mm -hmm. also dooming yourself and your future. Yes. Okay, Dopra, you better close us out. I hear I can, you. I Dopra. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you again so, so, so much, Drea, for being here. Thank you again so much, Josh, for being here. Y'all beautiful. Really yourself. appreciate it. You know, it wouldn't have been possible to have such a I like to say robust conversation without you. So I just appreciate Ooh, your I appreciate you like your honesty. You like I really appreciate your honesty and and what you and you know what you guys came with and how you guys decide to show up. You know, just again being yourselves is a very 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 great example. You know, for other people to look towards and to see like there are other ways, there are other options, there are other ways. You know, and I just appreciate your experience. So thank you so much for being here again. Hello. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, we have our little mantra here. Take a little time to get to know yourself. Take, take no, no shit. And take no, no days off. Hey, holla. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace. No days off.